This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking double feature Venom and A Star is Born. We are Star. We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Hey, hello! How are you? Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into the other fun movie topics. This is episode 339. 339. Well, we did it. We're we're almost at three forty. Yeah, this is the end of our three three run. I know. I'm kind of bummed out about it. It's been a fun run. It rolls off the tongue right. Like this whole intro gets somewhat complicated. I don't know why. It's almost like a Doctor Seuss rhythm at some point. But three three nine. That's just a fun thing to say. It's very fine. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, um, this week... I heard a groan. <laughs> <laughs> this week on the episode three three nine. Of course, we're talking Venom and A Star Is Born. Two films that hit big at the box office this weekend. Uh, Venom hit with eighty million dollars in the United States alone, uh, like a two hundred million over like worldwide opening. Yeah, it's and, quite a bit of money. And *The Star Is Born*, no slouch either, forty-one million, which is quite strong for a musical drama. Um, so we'll uh, we'll get to both of those films as we uh, kind of move on through here. But uh, joining us to talk *Venom* and *The Star Is Born*, we have uh, from Forbes and Nerdist. He's unhinged his jaw to make sure he can do plenty of talking. It's Luke Thompson. <laughs> I wish I could. Uh, actually, my jaw does pop out of its hinges periodically, but it, it's, they just call it TMJ when I'm not a superhero. <laughs> um, also joining us from the faraway island of Manhattan, where the water around it is in no way shallow, it's Maxwell Hatted. Hello. Hello. Good to be to you both. How are the two of you doing this evening? Good. Yeah, pretty good. Good. Good to have you all back. Maxwell, good to have you on as always. Thank you so much. And uh, Luke, it's been it's been a little bit. I've been trying to kind of get you back on this show eventually, but we did it. We made it happen. We did. We. I can always do my best to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're not unhinging your jaw, you know. Yeah. Well, if I, yeah, I too much chewing gum unhinges it, you know. Got it. So. Well, there goes the Spearman game that we had for later on, but we'll, we'll see what we can do here. Um, <laughs> Give me that gum like in Pee-wee's Big Adventure where black slime comes out of his mouth, and then you got Venom, because you got the unhinged jaw and everything. That's why Danny DeVito signed up for Batman Returns, too. He's like, I want exactly right. to <laughs> <laughs> have flipper hands and I want to spit black goo out when I die. Like, you know, I really like that Tim Burton style. I really want to have that black chewing gum. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's 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 get to some show notes real quick. First up, we have a new commentary track up, which is also the first edition of our many horror specials that we're going to be having over the next uh, few weeks during October. Uh, we talked about Darkman, the Sam Raimi superhero monster. Ooh, movie. Uh-huh. good we're choice, there. good choice. Yeah, we had a lot of fun talking about Darkman. Uh, with uh, Abe, you were on for a whopping five minutes, but then we also had um, Brandon and Jim <laughs> joining us as well. Uh, but no, it was a lot of fun. That's on iTunes and everywhere else you can find our show now. Darkman commentary, and we have many more horror specials coming out through the month. Uh, this this week, in fact, we have another one uh, that I can detail now. We're going to be talking about the fly and body horror, um, so that should be a lot of fun as well. Um, Not looking forward to it. 
right, we want Abe to do as much research as he can for all of these horror specials. <laughs> and can't uh, wait to watch Jeff Goldblum transform again. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be that should be a Jeff Goldblum album, transforming again. Um, <laughs> That's his one man stage play off Broadway. Yeah, it's it's four hours long and it contains two hours worth of dialogue. Um, what yeah, by Alec Baldwin? Yeah. <laughs> what else? Um, have Alec Baldwin and Jeff Goldblum ever been in a thing together? Let's stop in the tracks of this podcast and talk about this right now. <laughs> have Alec Baldwin and Jeff Goldblum ever shared the screen? I don't think so. You guys? Okay, you think? I'm trying I to would think. think they, I would think they must have. Like they've 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 missed each other in the Anderson universe because Alec exactly. narrates Tynan but Goldblum's only in the latter day. There is a movie from 2006 called Minnie's First Time. Uh-huh. In which they are both in, but I cannot confirm whether or not they actually share the screen. Got it. Okay. It's possible as they're two of the main characters, but I haven't seen it. I feel like I have seen it. I remember it being terrible, but and I remember like it got back to the director and he was very upset with me, but <laughs> I can't recall many details beyond that. I'm just glad we put this mystery to bed because I know people are going to be wondering for weeks if we didn't, you know, answer this question right now if they've actually been in a movie together. Well, you know, we're all about movie trivia. But we approached this a few weeks ago and we talked about the film Brain Dead, not the Peter Jackson film, but another film called Brain Dead that's now on Screen Factory that has Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton. So I mean, you can only make Fantastic these things happen. Fantastic movie. Yeah, I mean, you can, but you can only make these connections happen so often. You know, it just ripped. It's true. It raced. It, it ripped the cinema movie time continuum apart. Uh, what else? Were there any other show notes? Nothing nearly as important as that. But I will say iTunes reviews ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. Want to log into iTunes? Search right now. There at eight. You can give us a rating and review. That'd be great. Thank you very much in advance. Okay, let's move on. Let's get to some know everybody. Where each week we ask each other a few questions. Try to set the tone for the podcast. We better get to know everybody. That was good. Wasn't bad. It's been a few weeks since you've been on the podcast proper. So I mean, it, that was I think that was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, it still wasn't bad. <laughs> is, is it nice how you just came back to the show after, like, two weeks' absence and we just not reference it? Is that fun? I think that that actually is the case. It, it, seems, it seems pretty normal to me. I know. Well, I, I just, mean, you I, are referencing it now. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sure. aware. I'm, I'm aware of this. I, 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 if this is a visual medium, I'd be stepping out of the frame to approach this topic before stepping back into frame like that. So it, it's it's a it's a meta joke that just does not work in this podcast. What program. you're not seeing is I'm looking at a camera as the mockumentary crew is filming me. Yeah, doing I'm just takes. doing like a gym face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you are back, so you know that's nice. Another gym face. I'm like I'm slumming it with with Scott Scott Menzel and Scott Mendelson and then John Van Dyke. It's like okay, fine, these guys, but um, here we are. Anyway, Mendelson. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Him and his memos. All right. Let's. Uh, I have a question for you guys. Yes. This is a very important yes. and very timely question. If you were running a top secret but very important tech company, wouldn't you think it'd be a good idea to have security cameras? No, I need I need the espionage to happen without security cameras so that I can go kill people. Just anywhere, uh, not even necessarily yeah. inside. Maybe just on the perimeter. Maybe that'd be a nope. good idea. Yeah, no, I don't need them. I operate businesses that are far less requirement required of security than a tech company, and all of my businesses have security cameras. Yeah, but then you can't ask your guys to open fire just blindly against these people that are running on your on your. Uh, 
campus. Because I'm a good if, person. <laughs> if you have one big dude and he's really good because he told you he is and you believe him, I mean, what's the problem with that? Now, so in this scenario, there's just one big security guy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but he's really, really good, and you know it because he told you so. <laughs> he told you so. To play, yeah, he knows a guy. To play devil's yeah. advocate, there is something to be said about not recording things on footage where you're doing illegal human testing. Well, see, I'm not even asking about like I'm not saying security guys need to be like within the labs. It just seems like I don't know. If you're running some kind of compound, maybe having them on the outside or in the lobby area or anywhere where like people would enter, anywhere people that would enter the building. I mean, if there, that must have been a lot of cutting. <laughs> if if we if they had to interrogate who was around as opposed to just watching the footage of entrances. That's when you found the person. That's Tom Hardy's favorite 40 minutes was all the security camera stuff. <laughs> all the stuff that got cut out. It was just 40 minutes of them putting in cameras, and he loved it. Hey, do you have a question? I do. Okay. If you guys are, like, kind of amateur, like, ambush journalists, what's the name of your show? Uh, what's Brock's show called? The Brock Report. I just call it the Brock Report. <laughs> You just called the Brock Report. It just seems like a good name. It's probably not real, so I could probably go with it. I can I can make it happen in reality. The Brock Report with Aaron Newworth. Uh, yeah, I would call. My... I would call my. Go ahead. I think for just for SEO purposes, based on what I've learned working at nerd websites, I would call mine Star Wars porn. <laughs> really gonna get those everyone, on would, everyone would everyone would search it. Everyone would come up on it. Maxwell, what's yours? Uh, I would call mine maximum volume questions. Oh, that's pretty See, good. Oh, nice. That's one that I'm watching because I don't know what it's about, but I'm going to turn up my volume. It's just, yeah. a, it's just a really loud Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you last night? <laughs> Something like that. Max uh, Headroom's cousin, Max Volume. He'll taste of, of what's to come. <laughs> they both live next to Max Power. Mm, this is true. Well, I think Max, Max Power's in prison, though. Oh, sorry, guys. I left my silver hammer at home. <laughs> bang, bang with Maxwell. <laughs> well, good answers, everybody. What is yours? What do you got? Uh, mine's... Uh... Mua Minutes? What? Mua Minutes? No. Nothing ridiculous like that. It's got to be something along the lines of, um, you know, Nobody's Fool with Abe. <laughs> and Abe and Paul? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, you get Kenny Loggins fool. You're not, and then good. at the end of every segment whenever I found out who the culprit is I'm like I'm nobody's fool <laughs> and you're going all the way that's the that's actually the spinoff though <laughs> alright that's enough of that that's how you play nobody's nobody. fool <laughs> <laughs> alright I'm glad we got off on a serious start Oh. Uh, I was curious if you're going to have a stars board question or a venom question. You want a venom question, so there we are. Uh, I could have a board question right now too if you do, wanted. Do you have one? No, not really. Okay, <laughs> but don't don't say that. <laughs> don't introduce topics. That's not what we need. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's get it out out now, quickies. Yeah. Each week and out now we move with the week they talk about, but those are see with the week that's the quickies. That is trademarked. I got it. Yeah. It's been a few weeks since I said that too. In hey, full. Yeah. Abe, hey, have you seen any other movies this week? 
I did. I was able to catch the documentary Won't You Be My Neighbor, and it's very good. And I did tear up a few times. I think the tears kind of come from the fact that they also introduce real-life events during the documentary as well, such as the assassination of Robert Kennedy, um, Special Columbia, uh, etc., that that are happening, and, and kind of how... Uh, Mr. Roberts just kind of deals with it on the show, but um, I thought it was well done. I think yeah, that it's um, it it's got a very like uh, interesting feel about it because it's almost as if this person was almost made to be Mr. Rogers, if if that makes sense. Um, and it's also just very strange in the way that some of this stuff happens on the set of this like the one four three and everything else and. Uh, his weight it's very uh, it's very well done but um i still have to see a few other documentaries i also started watching the land of steady habits because i'd seen this trailer this is a netflix movie that has um ben mendelson ben mendelson and i stopped the movie about 10 seconds into or 30 seconds in maybe maybe even a minute in because i was like okay i don't know what this is about but i think the writing's not that good and also there's just ben mendelson apparently having a midlife crisis and kind of sleeping with everybody he meets at Bed Bath and Beyond and some other places in Vermont. So like, this doesn't feel like a movie. I don't think they pack that much into the first thirty seconds of that movie. Uh, no, they don't tell you uh, a lot about what's going on in his life. I just, it just seems like you described a lot of that movie with him for thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were being sarcastic because I was like, yeah, no, they're, they're basically. Because no, I've, I've watched the... it, so I know I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe it's something I'll pick up later if somebody recommends it to me again. But I just wasn't feeling it in terms of the jam i wasn't a big fan i watched the whole thing okay thank you. <clears throat> i'm a big fan of the director generally so i've been looking forward to it but uh, yeah she directed what, now not so much she directed en- enough said and uh what uh, uh lovely and amazing lovely and amazing and other people's not other not the other one um has money in the title i'm trying to think of, or please give That's yeah what it please give money monster yeah. I was gonna say money monster, but that yeah, wasn't. Money monster, that wasn't. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the Kohlhoff Center's uh, money monster <laughs> with with Jack, <laughs> with Jack O'Connell and nobody else. Yes, Jack O'Connell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke, how about you? What what other movies have you seen? What other movies have I seen recently? Well, I've been I've been doing a lot of Blu-ray, so I just watched the 4K of the original Evil Dead, which was uh, kind of a revelation. I haven't watched it since the 80s, in, wow. from beginning to end, and uh, you know every, the conventional wisdom is that two is the best and if not two then three and that one is sort of the first draft but seeing it so quickly after the halloween 4k they're so comparable because it's like everything is there right in that movie and you can see just the potential these directors have where they're going to go and you can see bruce campbell forming the ash persona in real time Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of people make fun of the claymation at the end but if you're watching it beginning to end it earns it it's you yeah you can see that some of the prosthetics have little edges around them but the designs if you just go with it they're kind of horrific and it just it's i mean it's worthy of the hype but it's not worthy of being as dismissed relative to part two as i think it is sometimes interesting we on this podcast know that i'm a huge evil dead fan um particularly two two one and two i i like i like army of darkness quite a bit i do i've Personally, I've never heard. I I don't hear that often. As far as three being the kind of de facto second favorite, if not favorite, I generally hear a lot of praise for two and then one. Uh, but no, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the of the first Evil Dead as long as as well as the second Evil Dead. I think it works as an effective horror film in the right atmosphere beyond just some of the inherent. Yeah, it still does. I I think I think a lot of people treat it like it got 
like it's camp now, like because it has cheesy effects, but they're not actually as cheesy as I remembered. You know, even in 4K, I thought, oh, am I going to see strings and stuff? No, you see awesome camera work and yeah. really creative use of a low budget. Are you a fan of the the remake? Yeah. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. I, I think, it, I it, think... It, it gets what the film is... It gets the... What it's going as far as tone, it gets what it's going for, and that's what I appreciate about it. I don't, I don't think it like it doesn't try to do a new Ash, which is where a lot of these things trip up. Like if the new RoboCop hadn't called the main character Alex Murphy, it would have been a fine sequel within the world of the original RoboCop. But they mm. messed it up by doing that one thing. Hmm. Interesting. I never thought of it that way. It didn't help. Now I'll I can, say that I can see your point. RoboCop yeah, goes. it definitely didn't help. Uh, Maxwell, what, uh, what, uh, what else have you seen recently? Uh, the only other thing I saw this week uh, is Smallfoot, which is fine. Yeah, that's a movie with LeBron James. It is with LeBron James uh, and Zendaya, who is Michi, as some may have heard. Um, yeah, it was uh, fine. I mean, I, I didn't dislike it. It was better than a lot of the bad kids animated movies that come out, and not as good as some of the best ones. Some of the songs are really weird. And halfway through, Common raps for like ten minutes. See, hey, okay. Right. So Common, I like the sound of that. So Common, yeah, has, that was my that was like my favorite part of the movie. Com, I agree that Common has the best song in the movie. I also think he's the most miscast outside of his song. Oh yeah, the whole time I'm like, why is this Common in this role? And then I'm like, that's why it's Common in yeah, this role. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, he has. There's a reason for him to be there. Yeah, it's like, I'm serious. Well, yeah, he, he plays like you know, the, you, he, he plays the town elder, and it's yeah, like, you would have expected like Ian McShane or someone like that to some, some to gravitas. It's like yeah. Why is Common the guy that leads everybody? It doesn't make any sense to me. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I liked it fine. It wasn't great. Um, that, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, that sounds about as much attention as needs to be paid to that movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, I completely agree. It's like, yeah, it's fine. It does the job. Um, I've seen a couple things I want to make note of real quick. First, I'll just double down on The Hate You Give, which came out in a limited release this week. It is excellent. Um, I think it's a very good movie, and I just I heard the um, the screenwriter, Audrey Wells, I believe, who adapted the screenplay from the, the novel the book's based off. She passed away, like, two days before the premiere of the movie, which is unfortunate. Um, but still, The Hate You Give, it's now in limited release. It goes out wide, I think, next week or the week after. It's a very good movie. Um, I saw a film called Burning this week. Um, it's a film from Lee Chang Dong, uh, a South Korean film. It stars <laughs> Yu Ah In and Steven Yun. Um, this film is very good. Oh, I think I've heard of that movie. That's the one with like some weird, mysterious stuff going on with Steven Yun and his wife, right? Uh, not a wife. Uh, but it, not a wife. it does okay. involve basically a triangle of people. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't want to talk too much about it because it very much it's a slow burn. Like the movie's two and a half hours. But I think the mystery that unfolds in the movie is very much worthwhile. Like the the places it goes, it it becomes, it goes from being kind of a relationship drama to a Hitchcock film, and long movie. It's a long movie, but it's uh, it's very well worth the wait. Yeah, it's very well filmed. Um, you get a lot of great use of the locations in South Korea that they filmed it. So yeah, just well worth seeking out for sure. Um, okay. The last thing we're going to recommend uh, that I saw this week um, easily is a free solo. Uh, this is a documentary. Anna and I saw this you know, yesterday, actually, at the time of this recording. Uh, this is the best movie I've seen <laughs> this week. This is maybe the best documentary I've seen this year, which is saying a lot because the documentaries have been pretty great this year. Um, 
this movie is incredible. It is about this guy um, who f- f- does free solo climbing, which is climbing without a rope. Um, and the whole film is based around his attempt to climb El Capitan sans rope without any equipment. And the way they both capture him performing this feat, as well as just kind of explain his life, I think is excellently handled. The cinematography is great as far as doing a great job of setting up why this mountain is ridiculous um, and why it's ridiculous for somebody to attempt this and just how insane it is to see him performing this. But no, I think it's uh, I think it's excellently made. Uh, it does a terrific job of kind of going over uh, just the, the, the sheer insanity that's involved in doing this. But also it's a great portrait of, of, um, of the guy Alex Holland, his life, like who he is, Free solo, it's fantastic. I'd easily recommend it. I think it's hit. It hit a lot more theaters this weekend. And Got it. Uh, if you can see it on a big screen, it's certainly. I was going to ask, it. was it on IMAX? It's not. I mean, I'd love to see it on IMAX, but yeah, I think, but, but like compared to watching this at home, like on a Blu-ray or like on a screen or something, I'm so happy that Anna and I were able to see it on a big screen because I think that makes all the difference as far as showing the the kind of vertigo-inducing shots that they use to to show some of the things that are being done. Cool. So, big recommend on that one. Nice. All right, that's on our quickies. Yep. Let's move on. Let's get to trailer talk. We talk about one of the news movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. This week we're talking The Mule. This is the upcoming film from director Clint Eastwood, who's actually in front of the camera again, uh, starring in the film, as a, <laughs> I guess, an old man, a veteran, who has become a drug mule for a cartel. Yeah. Um, the film also stars Bradley Cooper, Lawrence Fishburne, Michael Pena, Diane Weist, and Andy Garcia. It's a big cast. Clint Eastwood is doing his thing. It's coming out. What do we think? Let's start with uh, let's start with Maxwell. Maxwell, what do you think of the Mule trailer? The trailer itself is pretty good, actually. Um, it definitely does a good job of building tension and making me interested in seeing what happens with this old dude. And if Bradley Cooper, who is also in the trailer catches him or not. Um, but uh, aside from the trailer, I am pretty skeptical of the movie. Uh, just because Clint Eastwood over the last decade has a pretty bad track record and I'm worried about how he's going to portray members of the Mexican drug cartel. But in context of the trailer, it's an effective trailer. Luke, how about you? I am glad Clint Eastwood was lying when he said Gran Torino was his last acting gig. Uh, <laughs> hey, he he had trouble with the curve, Luke. Trouble with uh, the curve. He had trouble with the chair before that. Remember mm-hmm. that whole deal. I hope uh, I hope an in, I hope an invisible fed in a chair busts this guy. But uh, actually, I believe this. I believe this is based on a true story too. So uh, yes. don't say the guy's name and whether he got busted or not, because <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, no, I I still uh, I still mostly have faith in Clint. I didn't see the one with the guys on the train, which sounded absolutely terrible. But the it's, only uh, it's a movie. <laughs> the only Eastwood film in recent years that I've outright hated was Invictus, and that was because there was literally songs on the soundtrack with the lyrics "I'm now colorblind." <laughs> I never knew that. I've never seen the movie. <laughs> it's also a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's also probably the worst Morgan Freeman movie I've seen in a long time. That's probably fair. I'm trying to think of more <laughs> Freeman movies of recent. <laughs> and La- is he in Las Vegas? Is he in Las Vegas? 
Yes. Well, he was in that Zach Braff movie, but I never saw it. I saw that movie. It's not bad. It's not bad? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what was that movie he did... What was that movie he did recently where he's like in an old folks' home and he's yeah, running the, scams? That's the that's the Zach Braff yeah, movie. The, that's the Zach Braff movie. Um, what's it called? It's a remake too. Um, it's so memorable. It's <laughs> um, like the old men and the gun or something like that. It no. didn't even didn't even screen for press, so I had to see it Friday morning. Um, really? Like it didn't even have a Thursday midnight screen. <laughs> oh, this is as I recall. Now I gotta now we gotta <laughs> we gotta do this. Hold on. Yeah. It's like a three-word title too. It's like there's one of the gang or some stupid thing like that. <laughs> going it's something called going, going, going in style. Going in style. There we go. There you go. Thanks, yeah. Maxwell. Not not far off. <laughs> yeah, one of the gang. Probably even a pretty efficient title. Yeah. That's that's not bad. It's not bad. It's, it's fine. It's the small food of bank heist movies. <laughs> <laughs> We're lively tonight. <laughs> So this trailer, what anyway. do you think, Luke? <laughs> I like it. I mean, I'm sorry to see it wasn't Clint Eastwood playing a cartoon mule, but uh, other than that, I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> <That'd be interesting. laughs> All right, Abe, how about you? Uh, surprisingly, when I was watching the trailer, I, wa- I didn't dislike it. And that was it's not something that I came in generally thinking that I was going to dislike, but again, with the track record of Clint Eastwood movies and... Uh, how they've been performing, like you know, stuff like Jersey Boys and and all the other stuff that he has directed in the pa- in the past like seven years has been kind of just like meh. Um, but this one, with the way that he he's looking super frail in it, and I know that he's an 88 year old man, but at the same time, I actually kind of dug that that weird piano uh, score that was in the trailer as it continued to build. Like what Maxwell said, it seems like there's a lot of tension that's being built, especially when you introduce. The cops um, and Bradley Cooper with his haircut from Place Beyond the Pines, um, <laughs> but I, I I I'm actually kind of curious to see how the movie's going to go. It, I kept on thinking to myself, I wonder what kind of message he's going to try and convey in this. And you know, I'd I'd be upset if it's one of those like, by the way, Mexican cartels are, are you know they're ruining America. And it's like I don't know if that's the message that I thought he was going to go for, but I am curious to see if it's. There's a lot of weird lines of forgiveness in this movie and whatever else, and I'm curious if maybe there's some hints of, hey, you know what? This is going to be my last ride in in a directing and or on-screen acting, except for maybe a cameo here and there. I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I, um, I'm with Maxwell as far as I think it's an effective trailer, and I'm just not sure where the movie goes. I would say I'm more forgiving of Eastwood as, than you guys are, because I, I fairly agree. I think Sully was pretty good. Um, and I hate, I, I really didn't like J. Edgar. I, like, that, that's that's my yeah. Invictus as far as this is concerned. Um, uh-huh. um, I'm trying to look back at the last one I read. Like, I like Changeling. I was a big fan of Changeling, which is 10, yeah. years, which is 10 years ago now. So, But I think, Maxwell, you even, you even said this, where, like, American Sniper had, like, you know that had an amazing trailer, and the movie's like you know it's whatever. But yeah, I wouldn't quite say that the mule gave me that kind of vibe. As far as this is just a great piece of like trailer editing, I think it's a I think it's a good trailer, and it certainly lets me. You know, I, I opinions on things about Clint Eastwood aside, I do like seeing Clint Eastwood on screen. Like he's a great screen presence, and right. if he can turn that into like a solid movie again, uh, I, I look forward to seeing that happen. I do like the supporting cast, by the way. I mean, they have a lot of you know a lot of talented people in here. I'll be curious if it works out as far as uh, an efficient like thriller, um, whether or not it's trying to play for you know big Oscars or whatever. I just I, I hope that just works as a good thriller. 
in the same mm-hmm. way that some of his some of his '90s efforts did, as far as not being anything important, just kind of like, yeah, this is just a good thriller. So, you know, we'll see. Um, the film has been dated for December 14th, so you know, it's definitely gunning for those Oscars, that's for sure. Right. But we'll uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, let's trail talk. Let's move on. Let's get to our first film review for Venom. I'm Eddie Brock. I'm a reporter. I always seem to find myself questioning something the government may not be looking at. I found something really bad. And I have been... Eddie. Who's that bad? bad? Taken. around in the world who do you see a planet on the brink of collapse human beings are disposable but man and symbiote combined this is a new race new species a higher life form what do you want from me you'll find out i'm so sorry We cannot just hurt people. Look into my eyes, Eddie. The way I see it. We can do whatever we want. Do we have a deal? Eyes, lungs, pancreas, so many snacks for a little time. That power, it's not completely awful. You have no idea how much you're scaring me right now. Eddie, cooperate. And you just might survive. Guys, you do not want to do this, trust me. Giant leaps will always come at a cost. Yeah. Name is Chan. That should have been some of the trailer for Venom. Since Spider-Man is busy in the MCU where he died, Sony needed to find use for the... (laughs) (laughs) Emphatic! (laughs) The semanticist in me would... Damn! (laughs) Just just threw it out there! (laughs) 
Sony needed to find use for their rights to all these classic Spider-Man villains. After years of threatening to do it, we now finally have Venom the movie, a creature feature of sorts which stars Tom Hardy as an idiot journalist for Eddie Brock. <laughs> After a long setup involving... I wrote this very sarcastically, by the way. I normally... I was try... like, you know, they don't really portray him as an idiot in this one. I, I beg to differ, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> After a long setup involving a spaceship crash, mysterious goo, and corrupt Elon Musk-type figures, Eddie Musk... Eddie ends up merging with one of the piles of goo, creating an alter-ego known as Venom. From there, Eddie and Venom go on a wacky journey through San Francisco, eating heads and saving the world. Let's let's start with um, let's start with Luke. Are you a, are you a Venom fan? And where'd you come out with this film? I am a Venom fan, but purely on aesthetic level. I think he's one of the, I love the design of the character in both the original Todd McFarlane form and the more sort of detailed version with the bigger tongue and bigger teeth. And when I originally picked up the Lethal Protector comics that these are loosely based on back in the day. I remember being very disappointed because the first thing is, I'm leaving town so I don't have to fight Spider-Man and I don't kill innocents anymore. And I'm like, what the hell is this? You're not a villain. But uh, I had fun with the movie. I think it's in some ways a very accurate portrayal of the life of a freelance journalist who gets laid off, uh, which I have some familiarity with, but I've never bitten anyone's head off, only metaphorically. All right. Um, Maxwell, where are you coming at Venom from? And, and what do you think of this film? Um, I am familiar with Venom as a character, and I have no opinion about him. I have strong opinions about this movie, which I think is really, really, really terrible. I think it makes very little sense and has really thin, poorly written characters and really bad CG design work that's confusing. And yet, and yet, because Tom Hardy is so manic and delightful and crazy and either really bad or really good, I'm not sure which, I didn't hate the movie. And it's rare that I see a movie that I think is this bad and don't hate it because Tom Hardy is just like going balls to the wall crazy in it. And that was pretty fun to watch. I've heard that a lot from people that they can't decide if he was terrible or amazing. Well, it's, 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 it's sort of this thing where it feels like what he's doing and what the rest of the movie are doing are so different that either he was the only one who realized what this movie should be or he didn't care and just did what he wanted. So that's why it's sort of like, where does he land? Is he great? Is he bad? It doesn't really matter because it's so fun. But like, there's a big juxtaposition between the tone that everything else is doing and the tone he's doing. We'll get, we'll get back to that when we start talking more about Tom Hardy and director Ruben Fleischer's handling on this material. But first, <laughs> I want to talk to Abe. Abe, where do you fall in this movie? Do you think... That... Didn't see the movie. Just kidding, I did. Do, do, would, um, you, would you hold on? I have a, I have a question, just like everybody. Yeah. Else. Would you say that this Venom movie is the better Venom movie, or Spider-Man Three, where Venom was crammed into the movie, a better Venom movie? That's a great question. And to be honest, I think Spider-Man Three is a better Venom movie, and that's probably because, in general, Venom, while I'm familiar with the character, is somebody I've never rooted for. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's some in this movie that they portraying in 2018. They're kind of making him an anti-hero, and maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't really follow the comics all that closely, but whenever I've seen him battle Spider-Man, whenever I've seen him in the Spider-Man cartoon series or whatever else, whenever I've heard of his name, I don't think to myself, 
that's a guy that I can kind of get behind, you know? So, at least in Spider-Man 3, it's clearly <laughs> outlined that he's a villain. It's taking over Peter Parker, it's taking over Toby, uh, Toe for Grace, um, and is a bad thing. It's, it's making them do bad things and, and hurt people that they, that they love, like Mary Jane and Aunt May, right? Uh, whereas this one, I, I don't, <laughs> everything you guys said is true. There's a lot of weird, like, slapstick stuff that goes on in here, and there's also, like, weird, like, I don't know how they want to play it, because I actually think some stuff works, which is to say, when uh, Tom Hardy is kind of <laughs> hearing voices and doing funny things with his body, that does kind of work. But the question becomes, is this supposed to be this kind of tone? And there's other parts where I think it actually could work as some some dark slash like horror type movie on a PG-13 level because you set up this spooky lab and you set up you know these weird things that came from space that seemingly eat all of our human organs. That's kind of cool. That's kind of like dark. Um, but as you move on to the movie, I think that they have a lot of weird ideas floating around here that they never really resolved. Um, ideas of, uh, Riz Ahmed's character kind of trying to be a hero and save the world, almost Thanos style, you know, we're overpopulated and the, the world's burning up. And then you have, uh, um, Tom Hardy kind of, again, being an anti-hero. He, he loves some people and he doesn't care for others. And then you have the symbiotes, Venom, <laughs> who... Apparently understands all, you know, United States idioms and and uh, and <laughs> you know weird like lexicon, um, and you can argue that perhaps he's in Tom Hardy's head, so he knows things like who the heck is this guy or whatever the case he says. But it, it just doesn't feel like it's um, something that he really, really is scared of, and they portray it in different ways. So the movie to me is 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 very very tonally uneven i don't really know what they were trying to go for and quite honestly i'm actually kind of just upset that they actually would try and make this kind of movie sony knows that they don't have the best ideas to make these kind of platform movies because i didn't like how they set this up to be an open-ended world in which venom could be have multiple spin-offs and like again Venom isn't a person that we should be rooting for. Venom is a bad guy, and well, he's not now. He's an antihero. Yeah, not not now, and and especially with the, with the not, way the Tom Hardy. It's also not new. Like as Luke was mentioning, like it is a thing that happened in the comics a while back. Sure, yeah, but I mean, at least for some of the comic stuff, you know, whenever somebody mentions like somebody like Sabretooth, to me, it's like okay, cool. You know, I you know that guy's good and bad, and he's got some weird stuff going on. I mean, this one, I'm not sure. Uh, but it, it, with all that being said, I, general thoughts are just. Uh, it's very, very uneven. Sometimes it's very funny. Sometimes it's very ridiculous. And sometimes it's like uh, inadvertently funny. All right. Um, let's see. Where, where are my thoughts on Venom? <laughs> um, let me say this real quick. Like the, the, the fights, um, the look of the film, the performance by Logan Marshall Green are all great and upgrade. Like that's a really fun movie. <laughs> I, um, you mentioned that. I I, th- I think it does a great job of, of of using that kind of body horror and bring it to a sci-fi genre in, a, in interesting, creative ways. Uh, Venom, I did not like. Um, I would get behind what Maxwell and Luke and even Abe, you're all saying as far as Tom Hardy certainly feels committed to this performance. Good or bad thing, I I couldn't take my eyes off it. I will say this movie's never dull. Um, it has that going for it. I, I I was never bored watching this movie. I do think it's totally all over the place. I think it's uneven. I think it's chaotic. I think the action is pretty messy. Um, 
I think we'll get to thoughts on Ruben Fleischer as a director because I, I have some. Um, but I think what killed this movie for me is how the middle hour is like it because or not even middle, but like the middle 40 minutes, I think is a lot of fun where Hardy finally gets the symbiote and then things are happening. And it's like, it becomes this weird Jekyll Hyde thing or like other things are happening that just like make it entertaining to be like, wow, this is Tom Hardy just really getting into this thing. Um, when it gets to, it's kind of, now we have to add all the bullshit superhero movie stuff. It just, 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 just bombs. Like I just stopped caring about this movie entirely. Um, I think Riz Ahmed is not, he's not terrible, but he just brings nothing to this. Um, Michelle Williams is like here for some reason to fund her next indie movie. I assume uh, the look of this thing. I mean, the CG on Venom is like fine, but the rest of it's kind of like all over the place. I have so many questions for how Venom works <laughs> that I want to get to later. So many questions. <laughs> um, I wish this movie embraced the silliness all the way through, which is, I think, was what yeah. you guys are saying. Yeah, so, absolutely. I, I think that's kind of where it is, too. I wish they committed to one one thing or another. So, yeah, it just... I, I, I You know, we've talked about all the trailers for this movie leading up to it just because it looks so ridiculous, and... I went in open-minded. I wanted to like this movie. It's like, okay, it's got Tom Hardy. He saw something in this. Surely there's going to be something, and that something is him. It's what it's, it's it's him doing what he wants to do in this thing. The the best thing I can say about this movie, besides Tom Hardy, though, that Eminem track is fire. I, I like the Eminem <laughs> track a lot. <laughs> I did not listen movie. closely to it. I was going to say the best thing about this is the end stinger credit. The second end stinger credit? Yes. The, the actual <laughs> end of credits stinger credit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is awesome! But, yeah, I can't wait for that that thing that they show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, uh, for that. So I definitely wanted to hit on Riz Ahmed really quickly. I, Riz Ahmed, I've seen him in The Night Of, and then I've seen him in other stuff where he's definitely shown a range of acting. And in this one, I think you kind of have to give it to Ruben to be like, it was just bad directing. Like, hey, you're you're the evil henchman of a large tech corporation. It's bad writing. And That's you've got... <laughs> Yeah, but it's just like one note, and I think that, uh, you know, Riz Ahmed is, yeah, he might be doing the best that he can be, given the role and the lines, but it's not really the best that Riz Ahmed can be, so I agree with you that um, it's kind of it's kind of a one-note villain. Very, very weak on motivation. I mean, it, it, it fits the rhythm of most superhero movie villains these days. Not this year, necessarily, because we got, like, Thanos and Killmonger, but as far as, the, for the most part, the villains of these movies haven't been the best in recent years, so it's like... I mean, he's not he's not out of the he's not out of the the rhythm of these things, but he still you know just kind of sucks. <laughs> like towards the, actually towards the end, the part you know that I really hated is when I started liking Riz Ahmed the most. Like he finally got to be unleashed a bit. Um, he has a couple lines. I'm like, okay, like where's this guy? Like I like this guy now. <laughs> like he's not in this movie for the most part. Yeah. Where else? Uh, what else? I also want to touch about? upon yeah. the CG, Maxwell. You know, you mentioned that the CG looks pretty bad, and I was kind of going in here thinking maybe they're going to fix it up as these trailers kind of show some pretty early stuff. I think they kind of showed when Venom is by himself. Yeah. It does look kind of okay, but then when you introduce him, you know, as he's like controlling cars or whatever the case is, it gets weird. And then the end battle scene takes place at night and I can't see anything and I don't know what's going on. I'm certainly not the first person to say this, but the whole movie feels like early 2000s. Like the movie it most reminded me of is the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Interesting. 
um, in terms of, of, of tone and use of songs and like just what's going on, but at least this has Tom Hardy doing something interesting. I don't know. I'll say about the end fight, Riot is kind of a bad choice for the villainous symbiote because he's basically the same color, and there are so many others they could have yeah. done. They could have done Lash, who's green. They obviously wanted to do because Riot has Carnage's powers, but they also just as obviously wanted to save that for a future installment. So sure. they, they could have colored the other one differently and not had it be Riot because there are a lot to choose from. Yeah, I'm not sure why the choice was just That said, I enjoyed I don't. I don't know what the choice was there as far as why make them look so similar. Like conceptually, I get it. I get the kind of what we're doing in that end battle. It is badly shot, but like there's a moment where like all the goo is just like like a big splash comic page, and I'm thinking, yeah, okay, yeah. This is this is clearly like the work backwards point. It's like this is what we want to get to in the fight. How do we get there? And I can admire yeah. that as far as I'm not. I've mentioned this before. I'm not a big Venom fan as far as the comic the other character goes. But I I get what they want to do as far as representing this character on the big screen. And if you want to have if you want to do something with symbiote battles, then yeah, you're gonna want to have a big like cool image of two different symbiotes battling each other in their symbiote goo is all over the place <laughs> i was like, waiting to see how you're going to describe it i made think i was moving my fingers around too to make sure i could like describe it well um, with, like, on your hands yeah, yeah i have nickelodeon gak in my hand that's how that's how that's how that's how i assume they are you know modeling these fights <laughs> that's um, pretty much it but it's just like the, the setup to get us there it just feels like it just feels so rushed and bad in a way where the movie has the movie has so much fun reveling in tom hardy like doing crazy stuff like sitting in a tub of lobsters that's a thing that happens that we'll always be able to yes, say yes it is um, yeah. but but then it gets to the end it's like oh alien takeover and space shuttles and we got to save the world why i don't know i like the planet well, the motivations now. of the saving the world part really confused me um Again, Venom seems as though they have an initial plan, and then he, for whatever reason, just has a huge crush with Tom Hardy, and is like, "You know, man, it's I mean, cool." Most I think do. I'm... <laughs> this is true. This is I, I, I have one as well. He's very good-looking, gruff kind of looking good dude, but um, it certainly is a quick turn of events for Venom. And quite honestly, I, I didn't really understand it because there's actually one throwaway line that the audience laughed at that really confused me a lot. Um, about why he he likes Tom Hardy so much or Eddie Brock so much because it's because they're very similar in one way. Because <laughs> they're both losers. And I was like, I don't... What? <laughs> they're both losers. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know... I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this because it seems like, you know, Venom is like this badass in the other Marvel or the other Spider-Man installments, right? So I, it's like, I don't think I need to know that you're a loser, per se, and if he was playing that for for laughs and jokes, yeah, you get you got that across, but it also confuses me. Um, but that segues into Eddie Brock, and you guys have some thoughts. <laughs> He's a terrible journalist. <laughs> the, the pres- He's an ambush journalist. <laughs> but it's like this guy. Like, let's detail the things that he does. So he's like, he's what? He's like a on the go investigative journalist. He's on his motorcycle. He rides around the San Francisco and exposes yeah. things. And so, like, who calls it? Like, is the the news the journal? What's his name? It's it's not Bubbles. It looks a lot like Andre Royal, but it's uh, Ron Cephas Jones. Ron Cephas Jones. Yeah, and um, this is us. He call, yeah exactly. He calls him into his office. He's like, "You're the best I got," and but you do have this tendency to do this thing. But you know what? I'm gonna send you. 
the guy that would have every reason to call this guy, to call Rizamid out on something. I'm going to send you over there to interview him and just hope it all goes well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, little like, bit, a little bit like uh, too uh, jokey. I actually but, especially but like yeah, the way that he's first. But then it's like he he does that, but it's like he the information he presents is just like, I have no credible source I can go with on this, but I'm just going to flat out say you did this thing, because that's the kind of journalist I am. It's just like, what's going on? How did this guy get to be this popular as far as a journalist or like get this much respect? He seems like a terrible journalist. He helps journalist. get people their money back. You know, he's finding bodies um, on the... Yeah, go ahead. Look at who the popular TV journalists are now. How many of them have any credibility this whatsoever? True. <laughs> it's true. How did Bill O'Reilly get to be where he is, you know? Yeah. But I, I I would agree with you that they, as far as like bumbling kind of goes, yeah, he's like a bumbling Eddie Brock, which I kind of uh, I I'm never comparing it to the the comics or the the shows because I think you know if you're gonna have it go all the way like oh Eddie Brock's gotta be blonde and whatever the case is he's also like super buff then he's a redhead I don't I that, that's like too much right that's like too much like on the nose this is like stunt casting to some degree then um but you know tom hardy's a real actor and i think that he kind of brings something to the uh the sad eddie brock the real like the the eddie brock with like a fiance and whatever else that one i didn't get as much because you know it's like i don't when did this eddie brock come in they kind of just give it a throwaway line of like you know you got run out of new york it's like I guess that makes sense. Now, I, I still don't know why you guys are too San Francisco as, like, a setting, though. So, unless the text scene. Very, very little of the choices in this make sense. <laughs> very much. At all. <laughs> and uh, it, it's also San Francisco because of tech. I don't know. That's where all the tech companies are. Well, I think they wanted to purposefully choose somewhere far away from New York so people aren't like, well, where's Spider-Man? Oh, God. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, I was actually very curious about that. Because I maybe first thought that they were going to have some sort of like little, small, little uh, cameo of just like, oh, Spider-Man's on the cover of this page here. And it's like, no, not really. He died. <laughs> he didn't die. <laughs> I don't know when this takes place. <laughs> it's, San Francisco um, seemed, you know, like there was half a population there. So I don't know. <laughs> maybe there's less and, and they also like are, are driving around like literally four blocks of San Francisco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I noticed that in the very... In the car chase, which was something. It was, uh... Yeah. Uh, you guys have mentioned Eddie Brock, or Eddie Brock, uh, Tom Hardy kind of doing like some physical physical humor, physical comedy. What did you guys think of that stuff? I thought it was fantastic. But I, I also think that, I think that he basically was like, I'm going to do slapstick Marlon Brando. And that was what he committed <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah. Just, yeah, that's a fair way to put this it. This is Tom Hardy's The Mask. It really oh, no. is, which also, it has a lot of commonalities in it, too. I would actually like to see a mask movie based on the comics that's hard R-rated. That's long overdue for an update. Uh, Content-wise, do you guys like the kind of flirting with a dark tone that it tries to say? Like, obviously, it's got a lot of I honestly did. I actually really liked the dark toneness. And at at points of it, I thought, is this rated R or is this rated PG-13? And then, obviously, it's rated PG-13. I I never Um, wondered that whatsoever. It's always PG-13. No, because there was, like, some, some... they if I, if they had gone the dark route, I actually would have really thought that it was um it, it would it would have actually ex- exceeded my expectations of where they were originally going to go for it. But I I actually did like the dark tones. I found it. I mean I mean I know you want to get to Ruben Fleischer later. I found it tonally consistent with most of what he does with Zombieland with 
30 minutes or less with whatever that noir movie he did was that I kind of liked and nobody else did. Gangster Squad. Mm-hmm. Gangster Squad, yeah. It's I mean, across the board, they seem to have the same kind of sense of humor with some dark edges to me, and I kind of dig them all to various degrees. I can I can agree with that to ex- to a, to a point. I think because and I rewatched Zombieland because I haven't watched it in a while, and uh, I just don't, I don't think I'm a big fan of Ruben Fleischer as a director. I think there's a he has ways of setting up things, and I just don't think there's much payoff to that. I, and yeah. that's that's kind of what it feels like throughout throughout all these films. Like I used to like Zombieland more. Watch it again, it's like, yeah, this movie's just kind of whatever. Thirty minutes or less, I was disappointed in. And then Same. Gangster Squad, it has that a great cast. Bad. It has a great cast. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. It's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and like so, I I can agree that this certainly feels like a Ruben Fleischer film. Like looking at his other films and things, it's like yeah, this this fits kind of a, it fits like you're saying, it fits the kind of tone he's established yeah. throughout his movies. Well, maybe just, he wasn't the right choice for this character. I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just yeah. not on board with what that tone is. Well, in terms of the money it made, he was the right choice. In terms yeah. of the, in terms of the reception. It doesn't seem like a lot of people are on board with it. I mean, is there right. a, is there a world where the Venom movie starring Tom Hardy directed by anybody else is not going to make the same amount of money in this opening weekend? Probably. I, that's kind of how I feel as well. Uva Bull, much like the director. I mean, if Sony trusted Uve Bull to do this, I'd still think it'd probably open that big. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way. Uh, but speaking of Ruben Fleischer, is it just more that it, it, um, Luke? You kind of mentioned that it kind of feels the same as his other movies. Um, yeah. Is that to say that it feels all over the place? No, I feel like, well, uh, to a point, there is a little bit of all over the place to what he does, but I feel like there's a consistent sense of humor to it. And I felt like that in this too. Even in even in ostensibly the more serious stretches, I never felt it was that serious. Mm-hmm. No, I would agree too. I, I never think the film's taking itself too seriously. I just think it gets bogged down. It's, it could even be less of a director thing, just more of a how do we, what kind of script do we make out of this movie? Right. Uh, you still have to put that together. And I just, I, like I said, once it gets past the whole, okay, so he's Venom now, and it's a fun buddy comedy for a while, then it just becomes, well, what do we do with that? It's like, well, I guess we need an antagonist. All right, let's just slap one together, and we need some kind of, you know, some some stakes to establish here. It's like, all right, the, the world's gonna oh, end or something. The world's yeah. gonna end. <laughs> like, and it just, it just, that's, it, just that, go full blast. But that's that's how it feels. It feels so slap. The third act is so rushed. It, it, yeah, it's very rushed, and that that's really again, you have a lot of weird character turn um, that that just doesn't make any sense. And for whatever reason, I they they kept on going back to the way that that. Um, uh, what's his face? That riot kind of arrives on the scene, and that just made me kind of laugh. Let's talk about like... some of the things that go out of symbiotes, because I'm very confused. So the riot symbiote, so, like, so in the beginning of the movie, a spaceship crashes, and one symbiote escapes. Others are all like boxed in in the the life corporation, <laughs> and then it takes six months for the symbiote to to travel all the way from Malaysia back to America. Well, it's walking for the most part. <laughs> it's walking and like doing weird host things, and it 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 is a long time though because whenever I forgot about it, they would cut back to it, and I was like, oh right, there's another one, uh, in the form of an old Asian woman, and then now in the form of like a young girl, and I just and, kept on thinking to myself, what's gonna like? Aren't uh, the parents looking for this little girl? Doesn't matter. James, Jameson's uh, son was on was on the spaceship. That one. That yeah. was a nice little call because yeah, that's a 
is what happened. I mean, that's easy enough. <laughs> that's from when they do the Man Wolf movie. Yeah, Man-Wolf. exactly. Mm, uh, can't so, wait. <laughs> he's dressed in Man Wolf colors in Spider Man Two. Um, my other question is, how does Venom work? <laughs> I have uh, because, a lot of questions. No. So, because like it seems like he's supposed he's both eating like the organs of people, but at the same time he can heal like right away. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I was looking for you guys for answers on this because also the questions of he's also eating people's heads. Does Tom Hardy not I, eat that? Where do the heads I, go? <laughs> I, my answer to that question is he doesn't. He doesn't eat people's heads. He doesn't work. Oh, he does. Oh. <laughs> well, it just you put doesn't. It that yeah, it, 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 all of it. Makes like sense. I, I don't need things to like work in any sort of like reality or logic that we work, but it needs to work in its own logic and like nothing makes sense at all. So you sort of yeah. just have to go with it. Be like, well, there's the heads and he's eating the heads and he's eating the lobsters. And now Tom Hardy's head is like partially in view while you see the venom head. And it's like, I don't get it, but okay. Yeah. It is a cheat from the comics though. That is true to the, <laughs> the concept. Yeah, I, I have seen like that, that comic of half face, half venom kind of thing. But the other thing that, that also I agree with Maxwell on in terms of, being true and consistent is I don't know what can penetrate Venom's armor or mm-hmm. his skin. Mm-hmm. And that kind of confused me because it seems like he's bulletproof, but he's not poke proof. But <laughs> I couldn't tell those because Riot was poking him and they're made of the same space material. And it's else? like the force fields in Phantom Menace. They're laser proof, but Gungans and battle droids can walk through them. Yeah, that's that's my that's my understanding of it as well. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's... how I tend to take these things. Um, any thoughts? Same on, material. Any, any thoughts? They're on made the, of symbiotes. Any thoughts on the rest of the cast in this movie? What's I funny? Love... Scott plays a guy named Dan, and that's his name in Veep as well. Yeah, I thought he was playing the same character. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's Dan. Why Dan are you not more Egan. funny, Dan? <laughs> Can um, I say how great it is? There's a female scientist, and her name is Doctor Skirt. <laughs> I did not put that together. Now, now I feel upset. Is that oh, Jenny Slate's movie. name in the movie, Doctor Skirt? Yes, name. Yeah, I mean, there's an extra H on the end, but they pronounce it Doctor Skirt. Is it, is it weird that Jenny Slate, the one comedian in the cast, is like the most grounded and, and like level-headed yes. character in the movie? Very weird. And she fixed her pronunciation symbiote, too, in the looping face. Yeah, I noticed the, that. The ADR, the, the symbiote pronunciation. Symbiote. I don't know. I mean, Michelle Williams is a, such a wonderful actress. And like, it's such a shame to see her have such paper-thin stuff to work with. I also want to mention, like, Melora Waters. And I was like, that looks like Melora Waters from... Such films as, uh, Magnolia. you know, Yeah, you guys know. And it's like, what is she doing here? A lot of questions. Was there... Left me with a question about a wig as well that I won't spoil, but yeah, what that, was that, that wig? I, I, so I actually have questions for you guys on the action set pieces. Did you guys like them? Did you guys feel as though, uh, you know, they? I think there are like three major action set pieces involving the car chase, motorcycle chase, and then there's also one at the at the his old workplace, um, and then the final battle scene. Did you guys like those? No, I, I can't say any of them. Left so so I thought I'm more, much more I'm much more preferred the one on one fights with the symbiote, and then the symbiote on symbiote fight I dug. But yeah, the car chases and stuff like that felt a little perfunctory. Not like Marvel, not like Marvel 
studio's action sequences right. all. I mean, they, they pass, like, the same movie theater, like, four times in a row in that car chase. And I'm like, oh, he's really taking them in circles here, I guess, is the only place. <laughs> they, only, they only had four hours of shooting in the city, I guess, and they chose those places. I actually did like the, the fight scene at the newspaper office. And the only reason why is because the way that they had sort of set it up, it doesn't make any tactical sense for the SWAT team to, to do what they did. But I just like the way that Venom was going to town on these guys. And, yep. like, messing them all up, like, throwing them across walls, pulling things down, you know, like, um, he, I don't know if he bit anyone's guy's head off, maybe just one guy, but he was, like, really, really showing this side, and I like the way that they kind of framed it with all the, uh, I don't know why they shot close-range tear gas with each other, but, again, <laughs> tactical mistakes and errors. Um, and also, I don't know why they throw, they started throwing flares at each other, but... Uh, See, all the things you're saying are is why I don't really care for that fight scene. It's like, all right, I don't care this, for it, no. None of this makes yeah. any sense to me as far as why we're doing things this way. <laughs> I don't care about Venom, so, like, whatever. And I don't... I mean, these are presumably innocent people that are just trying to investigate a scenario. It's like they're just getting killed by Tom Hardy. So why should I root for any of this to happen? I, I, I was, just like the way that it looks. I was curious. I said, who does the Venom voice? And Tom, Tom Hardy, Hardy also does oh, yeah. the Venom voice. Is it Tom voice. Hardy? Of course. Yeah. Like, Which, I, I, could, I could have told you that without reading that as a fact. Of course Tom Hardy would do his own voice for Venom. Like, that's, <laughs> you, don't come, you, don't, you don't jump into a tank of lobsters and not do the Venom voice. Like That's how it is. Yeah. Tank of lobsters, man. That was just... Whew, weird. Um, I found this movie very loud, by the way. <laughs> just, just in terms of bangs and whatever else. It just seems like it's aggressively loud, like in 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 place of having more, I don't know, depth or creativity oh. when it came to the action. It just felt like let's just raise the volume, and you know, people would not mind it because it's just it's supposed to seem like action because it's louder. Like it, it just it felt like annoyingly loud. <laughs> Interesting. I was glad I was in a theater which they keep the volume a little bit low for the old people. Well, it's like when, like, he gets on his motorcycle for that car chase to start, like, heavy metal rock starts peeling out. It's like, okay. Yeah, the mu- <laughs> the music choices were bizarre. No, that's right. I can see where the Daredevil reference is coming from as far as that yeah, goes. Yeah. It's like, all right, let's, put, let's, let's get our, our soundtrack. We have, we, Sony has our, our music studio. Let's get that going to make sure we get those residuals in. It's just like, okay. <laughs> Uh, so I wasn't a fan of this movie. <laughs> just, this yeah. Is, you know. yeah. I mean, I wasn't a fan either, but Aaron, you mentioned something which is... It moves. It just doesn't moving anywhere. It's just not moving anywhere. You know what I mean? Well, given the so, length of some of those pre-credits or the post-credit sequences, like it's only like ninety-something minutes. Honestly, yeah, like, it's not long. Is that all. right? When you, when, if you take all the credits out of that movie, yeah, it's only it's got to be like ninety-five minutes, maybe. Like, yeah, it's exact. I, I remember looking at my watch. It's like ninety-six minutes without wow. the end credits. So it is really short for a. a... That post-credit scene felt really long. It is. It's very. Both of them are kind. Of, like the first one is, you know, it does what it does, and it's, but it still feels kind of prolonged. And then the second one is, you know, it's a lyric, It's a long clip. It's <laughs> a showing. sneak peek. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's very good. That second one. Um, with you all that being said, you don't want your audience members leaving your movie. With- more excited for something else. I know that's that, that's exactly movie. what I was thinking too, Matt. But, but, but there's a logic to it as far as you you could think that you walked out having a good time, regardless of what you just saw. So sure, it, sure, sure. It confused me though. It confused me because it says uh, it, I was like I don't know what this has to do with what I just saw. It says meanwhile. <laughs> I get that, <laughs> but that doesn't make it okay. <laughs> well, I guess here's my question. So it's a big success. They're gonna make Venom two. Still Venom. Can Miles Morales be in Venom 2? 
It uh, could be. I don't see why not. Yeah, I mean, it. Like, that could be interesting. It depends on what plans Sony has for Spider-Man who died in the MCU. He didn't die. Because that... I actually do, so again, like, I was upset that Sony, you guys gave the... You guys finally gave something to Marvel. Marvel knocked it out of the park. That's and now we get a Morbius movie. You say finally. Yeah, now I, we get I, a Morbius I... movie and maybe even, like, you know, Craven the, the Hunter. But, yeah, you know, you're, Marvel... speak, you're speaking to things that doesn't involve venom whatsoever like it's not the movie, I know. it's like it's not like the movie set up all these other movies you're just going no, no, no. it really doesn't it kind of just sets up venom to be more of a character that you can go see the adventures of venom with but what i'm saying is like marvel you guys let marvel have it marvel did a good job and now we can see why nobody wants to go see a sony spider-man movie because it's not good and Jared Leto, by the way, is paying attention to the reviews where everyone says, oh, we like that the lead actor is being really crazy and method, and that's the best thing about this Spider-Man villain oh, movie. dear lord. Didn't even think about no, that. No, it's true. Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> Anyhow. <sighs> Venom. Deep breaths, everybody. Deep breaths. Mm-hmm. I'd cover, I I, I'd cover more about I'll Spider-Man, say. but I, I said my piece about the amazing Spider-Man films last week on the show, so I don't need to go into it again. Yeah, no worries. I also just uh, want to point out, like, from a... Uh, again, we've mentioned this many times, but because I, I work in the city and I'm kind of familiar with it, the way that they're driving to get to the hospital, there's no hospital that way. And then also when they're driving at the end there, they're driving the wrong way as well. So, yeah, yeah, no one cares about that. <laughs> like, why would they drive on Embarcadero toward wherever they're trying to get to? So, are you also mad that in the room they mention a hospital on Guerrero Street and there isn't one? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe back in like 1865. Um, when should people go and see Venom? Maxwell, let's start with you. Um, when it's on Sci-Fi Channel in like a year and a half with commercials, huh? Yeah. Luke? If you're like me and you just like the aesthetics of Venom, I would say find a 3D screen if there is one, because I really wished I was watching it in 3D, but I'm weird that way. I would say that this is a movie which you could wait for HBO for. Yeah, that's fair. I have nothing to add to that. (laughs) (laughs) Watch it at home if you need to be. Again, I was never bored watching this movie, um, but it basically functioned as how I expected it. Tom Hardy's good in a kind of a mess of a movie. Is yeah. he? I don't know. He's uh, I couldn't He's take my eye off, I couldn't take my yeah. eye off Tom Hardy while he was in this yes. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, He's like constantly sweaty though. Watch upgrade. I would recommend so I definitely watch upgrade. I can endorse that. Yeah. Yes. There you go. <clears throat> All right. It is kind of weird how how many similarities there are. Well, let's move on. Let's get to our next review for A Star is Born. Maybe it's time to let the old ways down. Maybe it's time to let the old ways down. It takes a lot to change, man. Hell, it takes a lot to try. You know, man, in the old days, I always knew, like, you were going to do something, that you'd be all right. It's the first time I'm worried about you. Drop 
can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you. In all the good times I find myself longing for change. Here's what we're going to do. Come sing that song, what I love. No, I can't do that. Here, no. come on, here we go. <laughs> look at me. All you got to do is trust me. That's all you got to do. That should have been some of the trailer for A Star is Born. I'll note right now that Luke has not yet seen A Star is Born, so he'll be a little less involved in this review. Uh, but for now, we've now had a Star is Born adaptation from the 30s, 50s, 70s, and the 10s. Uh, we missed the 90s, but before we travel back in time to figure that out, we should talk about Bradley Cooper's directorial debut. He stars as Jackson Maine, where he lowered his voice to play a rock star who discovers a waitress slash bar, uh, drag bar singer, Allie, uh, played by Lady Gaga. After a long setup dealing with their courtship, the film moves into the challenges of relationships and newfound success. Given Jackson's drinking and Allie's status as a newcomer into this world, bonds are tested. Maxwell, what did you think of A Star is Born? Um, I, I really uh, loved A Star is Born with all of my heart. Um, I think it's almost note perfect in what it sets out to do and what it achieves. Um, it's lavish, yet intimate and vulnerable. Um, it feels authentic. It takes its time. The performances are exquisite. The music is great. And it hit me like a brick truck with emotions. Abe, what do you think? Uh, Star Wars Born, I like it. I didn't love it. I think that there's really strong performances from everybody involved. Um, even all the side characters like Andrew Dice Clay... Um, or even Lady Gaga's um, buddy, uh, played by Anthony Ramos, and even small cameos like Dave Chappelle. Um, I think there's really sharp performance all around. I think that the direction, it's actually, I'm kind of bummed out that Bradley Cooper's so good at, at a lot of things, and also he's really good looking, because um, I <laughs> think the direction is actually pretty good in that it's kind of frantic in the early first third of the movie, and then it actually slows down quite a bit. There's actually a lot of like editing and, and weird stuff when he's on stage. Um, cinematography by, Dan, by Daniel Lebatique, who makes a cameo appearance Matthew. in the movie as well. Matthew, yeah. Um, also the cinematographer for Venom, by yeah. the way. True. <laughs> okay, one's better than the other for sure. <laughs> but with all that, though, I think that there was... Um, 
as much as I like all the characters and I like what's going on, I think that there's some some lack of character development that I think really would have pushed me to the edge of loving it. And that is maybe because they have to go through so many things because I definitely like the idea of Lady Gaga being the muse to Bradley Cooper in this later stage of his life. Um, But there's a lot of questions I still have involving uh, her ideas of of her concepts of music because she kind of kind of ends up being like this pop star and obviously Bradley is is like this this rock slash country country rock kind of guy and so there's differences there and and it's you kind of get some storytelling here and there from Bradley Cooper's past when he's involved with Sam Elliott and it's it's well done but I think there was like some lacking of emotional oomph for me um, perhaps that would have uh, been further succeeded if they if they developed the characters a little bit more. But on the whole, I think it's a well-directed first take uh, for Bradley Cooper. I think, again, the performances are strong. The singing is very, very good. Uh, the song, The Shallows, I kind of thought it was going to go a different way from seeing the trailer, but I still liked it. Um, so with all that being said, I think it's good, just not great. I think The Shallows is, uh, is about as good of a jam as that Eminem Venom track. I like them both a lot. It's never had them on yeah, rotation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what Abe's talking about, but I have no problem with the characters. I do think the movie's very good. I would say it doesn't quite lean on the like Oscar frontrunner track rack uh, track record for me. Um, I, I think the first half is pretty spectacular. Like it's pretty fantastic all the way through. Then the second half, it kind of dips a bit in quality, um, regardless of how well I get who these people are and why they're making certain choices and what things are happening between them. I just find the kind of the meeting between these two and where that journey takes them, the discovery involved, I find that to be very interesting and like appealing where the second half, there's a lot more of them apart and a lot of them dealing with things that you generally deal with in this story. Again, this is the fourth take on this story, but let alone these types of stories in general, where it just felt a little less interesting to me. That said, I think this is just great adult entertainment like as far as a big studio releasing a movie like this and having talented filmmakers and movie stars making this thing work this is an easy thing to recommend as far as a big movie to come out this season um that'll you know be a big you know be a be something that a lot of you know people can just kind of get behind that's not a genre film or not a big profile big spectacle movie um i think the acting is solid across the board like you were saying gabe i do think bradley cooper is very good here i think lady gaga is pretty terrific here um the dice man is also very good here as well yeah yeah. um sam elliott's as good as always dave Chappelle is i think also pretty terrific in the kind of the the middle section scene that he has he has this what i like about this film overall is that there's a big naturalness to everything there's a naturalistic kind of take on all these performances and on, on how it's presented I do, I do think Cooper showed me something as a director. I was, I was, I was impressed with how well assembled this film felt to me. And I, I obviously, you know, he's worked with a lot of creative people. He has Matthew Libatique behind the camera with him. He has editors that I'm sure have worked with others that you know have helmed massive projects as well. Yeah, he's got a Jay Cassidy here. He's done a number of things. So it's like <laughs> he's he's in the kind of position where it'd be hard not to get some of this right given how much help he's had from all these people and the people that he's worked with in the past. That said, good on him for doing this. If he wants to like be a director and kind of, I mean, get this kind of notoriety, which he clearly got even before we saw this movie, 
you know, it turned out really well. And I like the music here. And I'm not a country guy. It's not, I wouldn't say there's too much country necessarily in this movie, but there's, it's more like rock, like, <laughs> like folksy rock. Yeah. Um, the line these days between country and rock is so thin anyways. Yeah. It, but yeah, it's, not, the, it's not like full tilt country. Like, no. yeah, no, no, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't like, you know, uh, whatchamacallit, um, crazy heart, crazy heart. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, no, I, I was a big fan of this movie. I, I thought it, it did a great job of 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 presenting these two people and kind of what their lives go through in this amount of time that we see them. Yeah. I also do want to shout out Lady Gaga because I I think what really what helped uh, me with the movie too is that I'm a fan of Lady Gaga's, uh, probably because I know that she can sing, and also the way that she has been able to kind of. Uh, change up her her song styles whenever she's doing live performances or whatever the case is, and so she's definitely a musician that that I uh, have a lot of respect for. Um, and so seeing her on the screen here and kind of just knowing that she can belt out these songs, or she was probably able to help Bradley Cooper uh, sing some of his songs, perhaps um, it, it kind of just adds a little bit more to to uh, the the character and and why I liked it. I'd also you guys were mentioning that. There's like some Barbara Streisandness in terms of noses and and whatever else too. I'm glad that they can r- draw upon real life experiences of their own. I think I'm pretty sure that Lady Gaga did mention that in some news article way back when of you know she wasn't able to get some of these record deals because people didn't like the way she looked. Um, and Bradley Cooper has suffered with addiction in the past as well. So um, I, to some degree, this perhaps could be a more personal story too. And that's why I think that Aaron, you mentioned this naturalness. I think that there's a yeah. lot of that naturalness coming through. What, what what especially helps, I think, is in that first half, of course, is the chemistry between these two is amazing. Like they, Amazing. They, For sure. You can't count out like how well these two work together. Like there's such a great approach yeah. to their meeting, to how they hang out before they even like get together, and then like the the actual performances they put on. Like all of that stuff's handled really well. Yeah, I was um, I was surprised by how natural and intimate it all felt. It's not necessarily what I was expecting. Um, I thought it would be a little more glossy and like big budget musically, and it does have certain elements of that, and it does that stuff really well. But there are these beautiful elongated moments of just the two of them talking or getting to know each other or experiencing each other for the first time or down the line that um, are really stripped away and I can't sing pun intended Lady Gaga's praises enough I mean (laughs) she was in American Horror Story and, and she was in that Sin City movie and I would not have thought based on those that she had this raw and natural and powerful of a performance in her um, obviously to be a pop star of her caliber with all the costumes and stuff she does, you have to have presence and she has incredible presence, but she's able to like push that away and tap into something that felt really authentic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd imagine I have the least familiarity with Lady Gaga cause I just, I don't listen to the music and I just don't know too much about her, honestly. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm coming I, into I, seeing somebody that's to me fairly new beyond knowing I, of her. Like so, it's... I, I saw her um, in concert last summer at at City Field, which is a baseball stadium and it's huge. Yeah, you know, so people expect big production value, and it was certainly a lot of it was dancing and the costumes. But to me, the moment that stood out the most was just her at the piano singing and her voice carrying throughout this you know forty five thousand person audience. And that she was right. able to achieve that perhaps suggested what she was capable of here. Because that's much harder to capture an audience just at a piano. Um, 
She's tremendous. And the, the music yeah. scenes of this film are pretty great. Like, the yeah. way, I love the way they I was going to mention that. Like, I think, yeah. Yeah. like, even, like, like I, the, the early introductions of Cooper, where there's, what, what I like, there's a lot of close-ups. Um, in the, like, and they, they have these shots early on of Cooper just, like, and him doing the guitar and, like, big camera, like, being right on him in front of this giant crowd. And it's like, this is really yeah. effective. Like, I get who this guy is just based yeah. off what he's bringing to the stage. And you get I a felt like I was on the stage with him. Yeah, and it, it does that really well. And in the same way, you get that with Lady Gaga as well, where, like, there is some key sequences where she needs to be brought out on stage or she is on stage and the camera holds close on just her face for a while. And, sure. you know, there's not much room to do anything else but emote. And that could come off either cheesy or inauthentic, but it doesn't. It feels all real and natural, like we're saying. Yeah. There's a yeah, lot it... of, of facial close-ups of Lady Gaga in particular that are really impressive. Um, towards the end, there's one. And then in the middle, uh, around the Dave Chappelle section, there's one that's really incredible. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think that, that really, you know, we're talking about this naturalness. I think the other thing that I've noticed in this movie is that they don't have a real score uh, they have songs and they have songs that they sing in the movie but there's no like score telling you by the way this is a sad part of the movie or sure. this is like a really intense part of the movie so it that's why i think it also has this yeah this naturalness um i'm saying yeah. that quote unquote kind of thing with air quotes but yeah it really it really adds to uh the groundedness of the movie and i can give kudos to bradley cooper for for experimenting in it i, I will yeah. say that i did feel his first director parts just because i think from the trailer you can tell that there's probably some edits that they didn't use which is totally fine but um yeah you can kind of get that sense i also want to in terms of talking about performances lady gaga we've sung her praises bradley cooper being like this drunk with like a lower tone voice dude is killing it yeah he like, killed it i agree yeah like i definitely felt bad for him i felt like I was like, dude, this guy definitely has a problem. And uh, later on, when something is like, when, when like somebody talks to him about some real life stuff, I was like, man, this guy just ruined everything. So it's I interesting because bad. compared to a lot of his other work, this is like the most character-y character he's played. Yeah, well, um, American Hustle, he's <laughs> yeah, but he's still, you know, he's using his own voice in that, and he, but like he didn't feel really like he was like acting or overacting in this even though he was putting on this voice and and all this stuff it felt natural keep coming back to that word it felt Mm -hmm. he felt like i knew who this guy was and he felt like someone who would be out there who you could see on stage and then hear about what's going on in his troubled uh real life i could agree with right. that and they're like dude wants this oscar like clearly <laughs> like he's been yeah he's been nominated he was, he's got he got three yeah. in a row noms he's like all right i'm gonna make my own movie and lower my voice a whole octave <laughs> so, so i can sing songs and act like, dude's going for it now and it's like good on I him because it's, it's, it's a good performance i would not be mad if he wins uh, for this i mean he's really good i also like um how he like brought in a lot of people who he's worked with throughout his yeah. career into this, like Greg Gunberg and Ron Rifkin, Ron Rifkin. and yeah. his dog Charlie, who for me has the emotional high point of the film. Uh, oh, for sure. Charlie. Mm. Yeah. As a dog lover, something that happens yeah. with him was, uh, also for like 30 seconds, Eddie Griffin is in this movie, which is yeah. like, Whoa. I was going to say there's actually a whole host of cameos here that I really, yeah. really appreciate. It kind of just shows that like, dude, Bradley Cooper has some sway yeah. in Hollywood. <laughs> Not only is like, Eddie Griffin there, again, we've mentioned, like, Dave Chappelle, Alec Baldwin, Brandy Carlisle, the musician, Marlon Williams, the musician, 
Um, there's so many people here that are in the movie, and I was like, oh, that's a I mean, cool get to have. This speaks to celebrity privilege. It's Bradley Cooper. He's, he's directing yeah. a movie. Right. Yeah, no, he no, can, no, he can sure. bring in these people. And again, but still, it no, could but... have been one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, um, Alec, say something cool. No, it's actually just Alec saying one line from Saturday Night Live. And then like, oh, well, oh Brandon Carlisle, we're not going to feature you. It's like, you're just there on the side, and nobody really knows it's you until there's a small, slight close-up. But it, it, it impressed me that he, like, paid dividends to people who helped get him to where he is today. Sure. Like, Todd Phillips is a producer on the movie, um, and obviously they worked a lot together. So just stuff like that. Like, it it felt like sort of the culmination of everything Bradley has been working on in his career up until now. And I'm really curious to see what he directs next. Is the baby from American Sniper in it? Thank God it no. is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's there early on. <laughs> There's a, uh, like a 10-minute slow-motion scene where him and Lady Gaga hit it with bats. <laughs> Beat the heck out of the baby. <laughs> My favorite part of the movie. It's in the backseat of every limo they're driving in, which is staring at uh, every driver. That's true, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's just oh, there, gosh. Obviously, I, I think, Maxwell, you're the highest on this, where Abe and I yeah. are a little lower. Do, 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 you, do you see what I'm saying as far as like the first half? having i think a bit more oomph for me at least just compared to the way um, it goes i think well i think the first half is is part of this type of story that we've seen less yeah um and so there's a freshness to it and an excitement and i think bradley and his screenwriters capture that excitement of first meeting and and this sort of ascension really well i think the second half is a really, really well done uh, telling of the type of story we've seen a lot. Like, it's hard not to think to the Sam Elliott quote where he talks about how all of music is just 12 notes in one octave and it's just about how you interpret those notes. And that's, this film really is that. I mean, it's a story we've seen literally four other times, but as elements of, of music movies that we've seen countless times. And I still think... It does it so well, and it, it uh, compared to some of the other versions of A Star Is Born, there are elements in the second half that I think uh, dived into a, a deeper psychological place than any of those previous versions do. That yeah. really affected me for personal reasons. Sure, um, stuff I've experienced, people I know, etc. So yeah, I could certainly see how someone would say the first half is stronger, but for me, it was like all of a whole. That's yeah. fair, and that's I, that's I, fair. I, I, I actually I dug I've, the I've... second half more than than Aaron did, and I think I dug it because you could have those longer conversations, like the the really intense conversation that he has with Lady Gaga when she's taking a bath. I was like, damn, this is like some vicious stuff that's yeah. being spewed here. Yeah, that and stuff. I'm hit super hard uncomfortable, me. but I'm glad that they have this here because. Otherwise, it would have just been like a wash kind of thing. And it's like, no, this is really, really like dramatic and dramatic stuff that's going on here. And yeah. I don't disagree. And I do because, again, I do recommend this film a lot. I think it's very, very good. I think it does its stuff very well. Uh, you know, liking the second half or the first half more is not as if I think that sec- the second half is like, you know, terrible. Sure. I, I just do. I do think there is there's stronger stuff to work with if I was going to you know talk about the film, which is what I'm doing. That said what you're saying about the kind of the things that the, the, the way these characters are handling certain situations, such as uh, Jackson's addictions compared to another movie I saw recently, a uh, beautiful boy, uh, which we won't have like a full review for. I'll probably mention it next week. Cause it comes out next week. This movie does a lot more with 
this kind of subject matter in a way I can appreciate versus what that movie does, where it's 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 too boxed in on on the, the addiction idea to kind of get into everything else going on around it. This movie is right. exactly about everything that's going on around it. It's, right. It's not it's not simply about people yelling at each other it has it has more to explore than that it has more relationships to explore it has characters that are deeper because we understand more about them than just the one their vice so it's like yeah i can i certainly appreciate a lot of what's happening between cooper mm-hmm. and gaga between between the dice man and, and what is going on here yeah i mean dice, dice, man. <laughs> dice is like brilliant left field casting that works so so well it does <laughs> and what's like, funny about dice man is like he's a guy that you guys probably know in real life I could have yeah. been a stop, guys. Oh, yeah, I know ton. My, I have a, a, a family member I won't name who reminds me a lot of Dice in this movie. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> but I, we've talked about Gaga. we talked about Cooper. Sam Elliott, in his own way, is sort of like the soul sure. of this movie. Like, yeah, I, I, I give him a lot of credit for just like one look that like broke me. I was just like, wow. I mean, Sam Elliott's always great, but, you know. Well, this yeah, is why geez. this is why I go back on uh, disagreeing on Abe of characters. It's like I don't need more explanation of things when it comes to Sam, Sam Elliott's presentation Sam of something. Elliott. Yeah, no, it wasn't so much that it was. It's kind of just more um, of the two leads. And so, like, I, I I would get into it, but it kind of gets into more spoiler territory. Um, I can understand that. I just with him and with the leads. I mean, there's. There's enough presence in who these people, who these people are acting as. Where oh, and, I, I, and, and that's why I think that you're to your point of the first half of the movie where they're kind of being introduced to each other. I really liked that they took a long time to do that first night. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it was like, hey, this is something that I don't really see. You know, you would see this rushed, um, but it actually asked a lot of good questions from Lady Gaga of like. Oh man, how do you even stand this celebrity lifestyle? You know what I mean? It's like it, it, everyone's taking your photo and stuff like that. Well, and it, well, I'm glad it, that they it, have like a really beautiful parking lot scene. It does that without having direct like lines that say everything. Yeah. Like it, it it does it in a way where it it feels organic to a conversation, not just like here's right. what the screenplay is telling me to tell you, so you know, so all the audience knows every single detail about this thing. It feels and a real. lot of that, a lot of that stuff pays off later for what Ali experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And again, there's there's some really interesting things that Bradley Cooper, the character Jack, says to her. <laughs> like, like there's, man, there's like some hard truths that he tells her as well in terms of like, hey, if you're gonna do this, do it with everything. Yeah. Um, and that line was like, I, I would not have expected that from from that type of thing. But again, when you view it as from the standpoint of this is his muse, and he's like really really trying to push her to be everything that she can be, it it makes a lot of sense from his character standpoint. What'd you think of her manager? I didn't like that guy. Not because not because of like his his the actions that he was doing, but I just don't like in general when there's a character like that that's like subverting the way that, you know, some people feel about themselves or or you know how how I, they should do uh their their life, you know what I mean? I hated him, which is I think what was exactly supposed to happen and I'm have met people just like him and know there are people just like him all throughout the industry. Sure. So my, so. my thought is I, I didn't necessarily hate him. I just feel like, well, I mean, he does, I mean, he does things towards the end of this film. where like, okay, obviously I'm not supposed to root for this guy anymore, but the relationship he has with Allie, I was thinking this makes sense to me as far as what he's doing. Like he's not, 
compromising her necessarily, although I feel like I, I was trying to get a read on what the film wants me to think of it. That's, that's, like, I, mean, well, I, I think like anything, he's, he's, I mean, in, in the limited amount of time he has, he's a little bit complex in that he does put her career first because the success of her career directly affects him. And sometimes one's career, especially in the music industry, can affect personal relationships. Sure. Yeah. So. And I mean, again, the film takes steps at the end to be like, okay, so you can't really like this guy. But at the same time, right. I'm thinking, as far as his c concern is with Allie, I can't tell if he's like just for the money or if he actually cares about her as a person. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I feel like the film does a good job of kind of making that somewhat ambiguous. That's what I guess I'm trying to say. I kind of feel like it's more the former than the latter. If I have one minor complaint about the movie is there's one through line that I think doesn't fully uh, gestate, and that's like the impasse between pop music and art. Yes. Um, and I kept thinking particularly in some of the things Ali ends up doing in relation to Gaga's own career, which is just inevitable because she's a huge pop star. Mm -hmm. I don't think it de detracted from anything. I just think it was an interesting idea that the film asks and never fully explores. Which, but. Is, which I think is where my, con not confusion, but my questioning about the manager comes into play. Because, like, well, interesting. He's, he's, so, he's, yeah, he's pushing, he's pushing character her development. Got direction. it. And the song, the song that she does, like the full pop number, we see her. It's not a, I mean, it's not a bad song. I mean, it's a fun bopping pop song. But even I had the same question that Bradley Cooper had in that scene. I was like, really? That that line? And she's like, I'm really proud of it. And I was like, that's weird because that's that's not what I got from your previous songwritings. So that's why I wasn't sure about the 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 Rez character either. I was like, I don't know if he's the one that's, you know, making her do pop songs if she doesn't want to do it. But it seemed like she did. Yeah. And Anyhow, then that's where I think of it as like we're getting like a window into some of this stuff and just not getting a full thing. And it's like movies already two hours and change. It's like, all right, I guess we got to yeah. cut around this to kind of get to the point, which is the relationship between these people versus the exact details of the music. Yeah. Record. And I'm glad that it kind of didn't go into other. By the way, I have a question for you guys. Have you guys seen the other versions of A Star is Born? And where does this rank in relation to those? I haven't. I have. I have a perfect 0 and 4 on these so far. <laughs> um, also, my wife's here and says hi. Hello. Hi. What's up? Don't have your movie. Woo. Sorry. <laughs> Maxwell, um, what was your ranking of A Star is Born? I am always hesitant to rank something when I've just seen it, even though I did see the movie twice this weekend. But certainly it's up there with the Judy Garland one for me, which is one of my favorite movies. There you go. Well, that was considered like the masterpiece of, of this. Yeah, of this, and like of this series. Even the fact that like I would consider this in that level says a lot. I think to how much I, I love this film. Nice. Oh, the Barbra yeah. Streisand one is not good. Duly noted. I've heard that plenty and, of times as well. And it's interesting that this actually, compared to all of the other ones, takes the most from that one. And maybe Bradley was like, "Well, I see what you're trying for. I can do that better." Bradley <laughs> did did channel Chris Christopherson. Yeah, and actually, as a little like trivia tidbit, there's one scene in the movie where he's playing at a festival in in uh, Scotland, and he's playing during Chris's set. Chris let him come and and use the stage and the crowd that was there oh, for nice. his real set and, and shoved in there. So there's a nice little uh, tie in there for that. That I mean, when it comes to remakes, I do always think, yeah, remaking a quote unquote bad movie tends to work out because it's like, well. 
you know, you can see the the framework for an idea is there, and you can build upon that, which is why I think yeah. Ocean's Eleven works so well because it's like Ocean's yes. Eleven with the Rat Pack. Well, that's a fun movie. It's the, yeah, but the original is like it's a movie. Like it has those people, and I like those people in it. But at the same time, I'm not a huge fan of the original Ocean's Eleven, where the this, the remake is like, yeah, this is a fun way to do this. So, hmm. uh, any other thoughts on uh, A Star Is Born? Uh, a question about that for you guys. Did this come out too early what was that for award season? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Just building build the legs, huh? Okay. Look, at, the, at the end of the day, my feelings on this movie and whatever awards it may or may not get are unrelated. Got um, it. Okay. That being said, I think it's going to have a very healthy run throughout the award season. Uh, okay. And I think it's possible Bradley Cooper ends up as the first person ever nominated in five separate categories for the same film. Which I'm going to hold you to that. Quite if, if it is true, I'm going to send you a dollar via Venmo. <laughs> Wait, what's the flip? Writer? Writer, director, director actor, actor, producer, and songwriter. Oh, song, oh, the song. That's right. Yeah, he, he co-wrote Shallow, which... Well, there you go. So, that would be quite an accomplishment. <laughs> quite the feat. Art, if, if it take that, EGOT! Or, uh... <laughs> take, take that, John Legend. Um... <laughs> Argo came out in October this, this around this time. Yeah, okay, uh, I no, mean, it, it, it's it, not it, it happens. That's a use case. <laughs> yeah, early October yeah. is is fine, yeah. especially when that film does well at the box office. Right. Which this one did. I mean, if this was a super indie and came out and like not many people saw it, it would have a harder road. But because it is yeah. a commercial success and will continue to play, I think this will have really good legs. Yeah. The lack uh, of a Weinstein company helps too these days, also. Yes, it does. <laughs> Um, all right. I don't know how Live Nation Films does with award campaigns. I, I, I saw that in the beginning. I was like, Live Nation makes movies. So. All right. The Hurt Locker was a summer movie. Um, nice. What other? What, what would you say people should see this movie, Maxwell? Uh, I mean, it's playing in Dolby Cinemas. The sound was incredible I in saw Dolby. It in Dolby Cinema. It was yeah, great. <laughs> really great. So see it now. See it in Dolby if you, you can, because the, the sound was amazing. I felt like I was at the rock concerts. It was cool. There you go. Yep. I definitely looked for a theater where I knew had good sound and good pictures, specifically for this movie. But I would say that it's one of those that you don't have to rush out and see right away. I mean, it's definitely theater worthy, but nothing you have to run out and see. I, yeah, I think this movie is pretty great. Um, it a much better big experience, big screen experience than Venom was. Um, yes. As far as sound <laughs> and like enjoying the imagery on screen. Um, so yeah, as far as, but yeah, go see this movie right away. It's a, it's a, it's a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, let's move on. Now. Luke back in. Yeah. Luke, let's tag you back in here and, um, let's get ready for, I will uh... probably watch it on my award screener to be honest. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On your phone, which is the worst way to watch it. <laughs> what, uh, yeah. Hey, what, what time is it? Aaron, I think it's time for a quick game here. Little known fact, that's actually the original score for The Shallows, but they decided to go with what you heard in the movie. Oh, yeah. bad choice. If, if Cooper just stuck with the idea, you know, what if we just opened in xylophones? That's what I was saying. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's how Aaron heard it. So, uh, you know, Aaron's just continuously... You know, being pushed aside for all these like major Hollywood names. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a game for you guys. It's Hodgepodge, uh-huh. actors from A Star Is Born and also Venom. I will ask you guys questions about these stars, and if you know the answer, please buzz in with your name and tell me the answer. 
Makes sense. So wait, so the answer is going to be the actor, or the answer is going to be something about the actor? Yeah, I'm listening to the clue. Oh boy. Okay, so we buzz yeah. in by saying our name out loud first. And yes. Then, and then the answer, okay. Yes, correct. Here we go. Luke, be on your buzzer. <laughs> I don't right. know why I mentioned that, because we haven't heard from him in 30 minutes. <laughs> Here we go. Sam Elliott presents George Clooney's character in, with a special card for reaching 10 million frequent flyer miles. Of which airline is Sam Elliott representing as chief pilot? Aaron. Aaron? Is, is it American Airlines? American Airlines is correct. Was okay. that a guess? No. Okay. We, don't, we don't all know the up-in-the-air scene where he's on American Airlines. We don't just all remember that. <laughs> It's not I would have said I would have said United. So I, I was good I on, was halfway between American United. <laughs> good, good, good on you. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask the name of the movie, which I was like, I know, but no, that's see, that's why I didn't buzz in because Abe does. Yeah, this. these hodgepodge. <laughs> about Star is Born. <laughs> Here we go. Lady Gaga was nominated for Best Original Song in 2016 for the documentary The Hunting Ground. What is the name of the song? When she sang it, everybody cried in the audience. Yeah, including Chris Pine. We all know. Uh, no, he said he cried for the common and, and the John Legend song. That's right. Um, he probably cried for that one too. He was, you know. Um, uh, what's the name of that song? What's the movie called again? The Hunting Ground is a documentary about sexual assaults on college campuses. Yeah. Okay. Um, Aaron. Aaron. Um, it's not your fault. That is not it. Am I close though? Am I, am I on the right track? <laughs> kind of. Okay. Maxwell. 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 Is it called The Hunting Ground? It is not called The Hunting Ground. That was my second thought too. Like maybe it's just called the movie. Luke, <laughs> that, that was. Uh, was it something like Until It Happened to You? That is. I'm gonna accept it because it's called Till It Happens to You. Wow. wow. There we go. That is the answer. Starring Nick Cage. Isn't that the year <laughs> Sam Smith won? Yes, it is. He did. <laughs> yeah, Gaga should have won. <laughs> yeah, the it writing was, not, was on the I, wall. I was kind of yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, Bradley Cooper was nominated for Best Actor for Silver Linings Playbook in 2013. He lost. Who did he end up losing to? 2013. Repeat the question. Bradley Cooper was nominated for Best Actor for Silver Linings Playbook in 2013. He lost. Who did he end up losing to? The movie's Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, Maxwell. Maxwell. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Day Lewis. That's correct for Lincoln. Yes. Follow up to that. Bradley Cooper was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for American Hustle in 2014. He also lost. Who did he end up losing to? Oh, boy. I'll give you a hint. We brought him up earlier. Supporting Actor. Around the comic book discussion with Venom. For a 2013 film. Oh, Luke. Luke. Jared Leto? That is correct. Jared Leto from Dallas Buyers Club. What a shame. Next one here. Tom Hardy's been nominated for an Academy Award. Which category and which movie was he nominated? Maxwell. Aaron. Aaron? Um, The Revenant Best Supporting Actor. That is correct. Next one here. Which of these actors has not worked with Ruben Fleischer? A. Ryan Gosling. B. Amber Heard. C. Danny McBride. D. Kristen Stewart. Or E. Jesse Eisenberg. Aaron. Maxwell. Aaron. Uh, Kristen Stewart. That is correct. 
I was trying to uh, trick you guys up there because Jesse and Kristen seem to work a lot together. Uh, next one here. Michelle Williams has been nominated for how many Academy Awards? Maxwell. Maxwell. Four. That is correct. Brokeback Mountain, Blue Valentine, My Week with Marilyn, and Manchester by the Sea. Next one here. There was another less scrupulous amateur ambush journalist that Riz Ahmed also shared the screen with. Which actor in which movie? Aaron. Luke. Aaron. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in uh, Nightcrawler. That's correct. His fate is awful in that movie. What a good movie. Great movie. Very spooky portrayal by Jake. Uh, Last one here. According to Box Office Mojo, what are the top three highest grossing Bradley Cooper films? Maxwell. Maxwell. The Hangover. The Hangover 2 and The Hangover 3. (laughs) It is incorrect. Luke or Aaron with a steal. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Hangover. Ah, Aaron. Also Aaron. 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 Infinity War. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume 2. Okay. And... Wait, do we say domestic or worldwide? Uh, lifetime gross domestic. Domestic. Was that first hangover that big? I'll still say Guardians of the hey. Galaxy Volume 1. That is also incorrect, although you got two out of the three. Is, it, is the first Avenger hangover? Avenger Infinity War. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. American Sniper. Oh, fuck oh, me, American Sniper. <laughs> Damn it. Wow. Yeah, that forgot the fat $300 gorilla. <laughs> $300 million. <laughs> wow. With all that, though, Aaron, you are still the winner of this game with Ugh. a score of four, and Luke and Maxwell split with two apiece. <sighs> Damn sniper. <I> forgot. <laughs> Damn baby. I know those hangovers did a lot, too. It was like, man. <laughs> they did, but not as... They, the I, max yeah. was $277 million for Which is, the hangover. Like, that's really high. So it's like, for an oh. R-rated comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about his voice work, so... Uh. He's, he's credited in the movie. He sure is. Yeah. He's yeah. also good as Rocket Raccoon, by the way. Again, changing Very his Very good. Voice. Yeah. He is, that was he's, game. He's in the best acted scene with Chris Hemsworth, so there you go. I know. That's okay. a sad scene. All right. Well, thank you for that game, Abe. You're welcome. It's now time for Out Now Feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback! Thank you. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Podcast. We asked a number of questions for the listeners, and they gave us answers. Then they asked us some questions, which this week, Abe will have to sing their names first before reading those questions, and then we'll get to them. Apparently, that's what the deal was. It got us more questions than we've had in the past couple of weeks. <laughs> that's only for the questions part, right? Yes. Okay, great. The first question we asked everybody, and feel free, Maxwell and Luke, to answer. Favorite Tom Hardy performance? Cindy has This Means more, and she had a smiley face, so I don't know if Cindy's joking or not. Uh, no, that's, I mean, that's, I guess that's, she's that, not. That means serious. Okay. Luke has Bronson. Mark Hoven, friend of the show, has Inception. Easy to see why it was his big break. Chris has Warrior, Legend, and Mad Max Fury Road. Friend of the show, Alan, has Peaky Blinders. Jim, friend of the show, has Bronson and Fury Road. Christopher has Mad Max Fury Road. Rock and Rolla, one of our favorites here on the show. Justin has Mad Max Fury Road. The Vern. Long time, long time, no, uh, no heard. Vern, Bronson, and Locke uh, are the only good performances he did. Philip oh. has Warrior for cinema and Peaky Blinders for television. Adam has Bronson, Inception, Locke, and Taboo. 
Amy, was that Adam friend of the show? Uh, no. I would have okay. written it. Gotcha. And Amy has The Drop. Lastly, Tyler has Lawless. Lawless was a movie with uh, Shia LaBeouf, right? Yep. yep. That's that movie. I'm, uh, right. I'm glad someone finally said Locke, because that probably would have been my pick. It's a good pick? I mean, I, I, I look at Bronson as one of the best actor performances of, like, the decade. So, yeah, that's going to be my pick for Tom Hardy's best performance. That said, I mean, yeah, he has lots of them. That's that's for sure. Luke, do you have he, one? Uh, well, I I was quoted. Bronson was yeah, my him. pick. Yeah. I, oh, Luke, sorry. Apologies on that. <laughs> that's my bad. Uh, but, but Locke would be a follow-up, because any movie where you got one guy and he holds the screen and you pay attention the whole time, is solid to me. It's the same with Ryan Reynolds and Buried. When I saw that, I was like, this guy's got the goods. Our, uh, I like Taboo a lot, too, as far as TV goes. Like, the show that he, like, produces and helps write and developed himself. Isn't his father on that or yeah. something? His father helped uh, create the show with him. Chips Hardy. Gotcha. Which is just a great name. Chips Hardy? It's wonderful. I know. That is a great name. Yeah. Uh, next question. We have favorite films about characters of alter egos. Tyler writes Fight Club. Speaking of Tyler's. Uh, Jason has The Dark Knight, The Lego Batman Movie, and Spider-Man 2. Also, Batman Mask of the Phantasm and Batman vs. Dracula. Obviously, we were all going to say that. Yeah. Uh, Christopher has Hulk, Batman, Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde, the Spencer Tracy edition. Uh, Bruiser, The Amazing Spider-Man, Silverhawk, The Shadow, and Darkman. Alan has, he has Patrick Bateman. He left the gif of Christian Bale doing dancing to... Uh, <laughs> Huey Lewis, Huey, Huey Lewis. Uh, Chris has uh, yep have to agree with Mr. Aguilera uh, Philip writes Return of the King where's the alter ego what am I thinking of in that movie uh, maybe he's talking about like Gollum and Smeagol I guess yeah Gollum and Smeagol yeah, okay. and uh, Justin has the Nutty Professor the Jerry Lewis version and I would add the Incredibles hmm. um, one that comes to mind is the talented Mr. Ripley there you go that's a great answer. I like that. Yeah, and we already mentioned the mask, so I don't have to repeat it. I was going to say the uh, mask, actually, though, because I do like the Stanley Ipkiss mask dichotomy. Like, I do think that's a really solid movie star performance. There that's... were many uh, one-phrase liners that we used in elementary and junior high from that movie. So, like Joygasm? No, I was thinking more of, like, somebody stop me. <laughs> somebody stop me, yeah. <laughs> P-A-R-T. Why? Because I got it. One of my uh, Anna and I watched uh, the show Fresh Off the Boat, and one of my favorite running gags is that one of the like high, one of the kids that the lead character Eddie goes to school with is constant. He's like a huge fan because the show's set in the '90s, so he's a huge fan of the mask, and he does say "Somebody stop me" every now and then, which is really funny. <laughs> it did come out in the '90s. There's like a Halloween episode where he dresses up as the mask. Like it's it's as just the a, mask. It's a really I'm funny having a deception. This sounds fun. It is funny. <laughs> uh, Luke, did you have an answer for best alter ego? Um, they're all pretty good ones. I'm going to throw in there the Lone Ranger, which just happens to be a personal fave of mine. All right. There you go. Oh. Next question is, what are some of the best and worst fights between CG characters? Philip has the best, the fight where Gypsy Danger pulls a sword in Pacific Room. That had multiple jaw-dropping moments the first time that I saw it. The worst, Hulk versus Hulk dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Jason has the best, Superman versus Zod. The worst, Black Panther versus Killmonger. It felt like a PS1 video game. Um, Alan has Pacific Rim 2 as probably being the best. Yeah, Pacific Rim. Or the worst, can't tell. And T2, because that's not super. 
pretty good too. I don't know. I can't tell. He but he writes Pacific Rim and T2. He has Pacific Rim and T2. He just had like, he had gifts from both of them. Yeah. Alan loves the gifts. Yep. Uh, Renee has Godzilla versus the Moths. Not bad. Um, I mean, there's a lot of bests, but I'll just go with King Kong versus three T-Rexes in the 2005 King Kong. Okay. Worst Hulk versus Hulk dogs is a pretty good, pretty good, good answer. That's not bad, yeah. Maybe I don't know, Brendan Fraser versus the Scorpion King. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> oh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> um, I don't know if this I... counts as a uh, Spawn facing off against the Devil and Spawn. Right. Yeah, that's as, pretty bad. As a best. <laughs> as a worst. <laughs> um, for best, maybe Caesar versus Koba. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was actually really, really good. And also, yeah, well, deep storyline. Yeah, I love those movies. Oh. All right. Next, we have favorite directorial debut from a star known for acting. Dwayne has Robert Redford for Ordinary People, Best Director Oscar. This post is done, LOL. Okay, so we're done with feedback now. We're moving on done. to the next yeah, segment. Uh, no, uh, Tyler has Charles Lawton uh, for Night of the Hunter. Philip has I Can't Beat Gone Baby Gone, but I'll shout out Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Justin has Gone Baby Gone for Ben Affleck. Darren has Jordan Peele with Get Out. Chris has Can't Beat Gone Baby Gone, but Play Misty for Me from Clint Eastwood is great. Alan has Confessions of a Dangerous Mind with George Clooney. Jim uh, has Play Misty for Me with Clint Eastwood and Night Shift from Ron Howard. And Christopher has Night of the Hunter. Those are all really good answers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would add Away From Her by Sarah Polly. Yeah, hmm. okay. Or Nil by Mouth by Gary Oldman's also really good. And yeah, I Nobi has, has the, mentioned... I believe Nil uh, by Mouth still has the credit for like most F-bombs in a movie, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah. More than a Tarantino movie. Yeah. More than Scarface. Interesting. Scarface is lower and lower in the pack these days. You'd be surprised. Oh. With only 280 F-bombs? <laughs> <laughs> no by mouth has like 500-something. It's crazy. Yeah. I would also add to the Dictoro debuts, That Thing You Do, Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, that's a great choice. That's a great choice, yeah. The Oneaters. That is such a heartwarming, like, fun movie. Makes me sad. Because I wonder what they're doing now. As, like, if, if those characters, like, are still alive, I'm wondering, like... Oh. If they've ever made up or, you know, whatever the case There's is. There's text at the end of that movie. It goes over what they did. <laughs> I need to know today. I always love it when there's, like, lots of text at the end of the movie when you just were watching fictional characters. <laughs> yeah. It makes me smile. Like Unbreakable. It's weird to think about that. <laughs> whenever, I, I always, oh, whenever, was, uh... I, whenever I watch Unbreakable, I think, it's weird that this movie ends with text. That's a weird thing for this movie to do. <laughs> There was a David really Dunn cool took him to find to, to find uh, whatever the name of the, the comic book story is. It's just because that movie's so like stylish with Shy what Shyamalan's doing, it's just weird that the movie's like, ah, we just ran out of time. Like that's what it feels yeah, like. It's like, like, like let's just let's just um, let's just type it out. One of my favorite things at New York Comic Con uh, was they had a nice display for glass with the they had like a fake of the comic book store from the movie uh, set up, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. I think the, I think the name of the comic book store is called Limited Edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Hey, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Uh, Nil by Mouth is no longer the number one F-bomb holder of all time. Uh, Summer of Sam has 435. Nil by Summer Mouth has 428. The Wolf of Wall Street has 569. Wow. Uh, that's a lot is, of that's not, I mean, that movie's also three hours long. So. I was going to say, you have to take the length into <laughs> yeah, the account. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, I, there's a count per minute here on... Um, on uh, Wikipedia, uh, No My Mouth still has the highest user permit. Not, I'm not counting two like documentaries and like unseen movies that are, just have like an sure, excessive sure. amount. So I'm just going with main theatrical features. 
Well, we're going to make a new movie where every word is just the F-bomb. Yeah, like that one scene from The Wire? Yes, exactly. Except now it's going to be 60 minutes. <laughs> straight out of uh, Contimator run at it, too, by the way. It's in the top ten. Wow. Okay. As far as newer yeah. movies go. Uh, the next question, what are your favorite original songs created within the context of the film? Yancey has A Kiss at the End of the Rainbow from Mighty Wind. Christine has I'm Probably the One That Likes Country, Country Strong. Ellen has Sing Street, Falling Slowly by Once, That Thing You Do. And Cynthia has The Sound of Music. Uh, without even reading any of these answers, when the question was first posted, I definitely immediately went to John Carney's movies. And specifically, Falling Slowly in Once. That's a great choice. There's another song I like in Once more, actually. I like I like the soundtrack of Once a lot. but Yeah, um... I, I think I know which one you're talking about. The one where like, they actually have like additional beats on the Yes, it's the like, I think it's, like fallen, from, I think it's like fallen from the Stars or something like that. It's a, it's, it's a, yeah. Gold? It's a really nice song. I can't remember what it is, but I remember uh, when the guys started playing the drums, I just started getting goosebumps. And I was like, Once this was, a, was a great Broadway musical. Yeah. Oh, that's, good that's, to know. That's not surprising. Um, and yeah, I was so like, bad because they cut the mic for her when she won the Academy Award. Yes. He brought her back out. Well, it won. It won the moment was gone, Aaron. It won Best Musical at the Tonys a couple years ago, so it's not and open anymore. They had him but... taking up all the stage time. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question. Purple Rain? Oh, yeah. There you, yeah. Rain? Yes, of course. Not not to be confused with the track of the rain. <laughs> Uh, all right. Next question we have: uh, favorite movie couples, movie couples or groups that came together through music. Uh, Sandy has the competition, the Fighting Temptations, Fame, Almost Famous. Christopher has Drumline, Dreamgirls, That Thing You Do, Take the Lead, and Mr. Holland's Opus. And Justin has Sing. There you go. Nice animated oh. movie for everybody. I think that, oh. that thing you do is a is a <laughs> good pick for us. Solid choice. That's a solid choice. I also want to mention, we mentioned Crazy Heart earlier. I actually really like the song The Weary Kind, and then that's to the previous question we just had. Yeah, I can't remember any of the music of Crazy Heart. How dare you? It's a good song by Ryan Bingham <laughs> and T-Bone Burnett. I mean, I'm sure it was good when I saw it at the time, but it just doesn't stick with me. <laughs> uh, favorite movie couples or groups that came together through music? Um, the Sound of Music, sure. Hmm. I like the entirely fictional backstory for the Spice Girls and Spice World that implies they actually were a band that came together organically. Never seen it, but I believe you. Oh, it's so it's good. good. Okay. It actually it actually has some some merit. Future commentary. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that is a little. Oh, how about uh, Josie and the Pussycats? Yes. She's a punk rock pop queen. Yeah. Well, now we're going to questions that the audience asked us, and apparently I have to sing these. So the first one that Alan, friend of the show, asked is, uh, <laughs> let me read this first. Do you think it would be easier to have... Do you think that it would have been easier if Tom Hardy and Lady Gaga switched roles this weekend? Do you think it would have been easier if Tom Hardy and Lady Gaga switched roles this weekend? I mean, Tom Hardy's Answer a good actor, yes. so I mean... Yeah. No. Yeah. Tom Hardy's a good actor. He can pull it off. I, I think it, I think it might have worked. I don't, but I mean the other way around though. I think it'd be a little trickier. I mean, no, I think Lady Gaga would be a great Venom. Well, she has little monsters running around, so that probably makes sense. Hey oh, <laughs> there is a Bride of Venom character that'd be perfect for her. There you go. All right. Next question, Jim. Uh, Jim asks, uh, front runners for best movies of the year. First, before we answer, Abe, repeat that, please. 
front runners for best movie of the year. Oh my god. I mean, <laughs> not winning any Tonys. I'm not sure if there are any front runners. I mean, there's like Star Wars Born certainly has a lot of eyes on it, and First Man does as well, and Roma. Roma. Uh, Which sounds like a Lady Gaga song. <laughs> Which actually sounds like a pasta sauce. I would say that it's kind of hard for me to pick front runner for best movie of the year in terms of award nominations. I do have my favorite movies of this year that I've seen, but none of them are going to win best picture. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Annihilation is going to get a ton of nominations, but oh, and solid choice. When, right when you mentioned that, I started going to the void of like, there's so much to think about in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, the question from Gary is: Name some movies that you've seen multiple times. This is Abe singing, right? Not Aaron. Just make sure. Name some movies that you've seen multiple versions of. Um, okay, Gary. Thanks for that question. Multiple uh, versions of. Like Blade I mean, Runner. I saw a lot of Batman's. I saw two Venoms this year, and one was good. What was the second Venom? Upgrade. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Nace movies you've seen multiple versions of. Yeah, we mentioned Robocop earlier. We mentioned uh, probably a bunch of other. I'm trying to think of something that's not a remake, but just like other versions of the same concept. Other versions of the same concept. Like, like, like Luke, you mentioned Evil Dead. I mean, you have Cabin in the Woods, which is not specifically Evil Dead, but it's certainly like using the same kind of premise of, hey, there's there's kids in a cabin in the woods. True. I mean, Armageddon and Deep Impact. Uh Yes. Superhero (laughs) movies in general. I mean, there's multiple versions of those. (laughs) This is true. Slasher movies. I mean, mean, that's really the thing. It's like there's only there's a finite amount of stories to tell. It's ultimately about how you choose to tell them. So what you're saying is there's actually just 12 keys and it depends on how you sing those 12 keys. (laughs) You know what I you know what I was saying. (laughs) Nailed it. Look at you. You know, I'm down with I'm down with OBP. Yeah, you, know you picked up what I was putting down. <laughs> All right. Well, that was comments and questions. Yeah, that was feedback. Feedback, feedback. feedback. Beautiful singing, a beautiful... Thank you, thank you, Maxwell. <laughs> you certainly performed the ask. That's for sure. This is true. Wait till I get to more asks from other people. No, let's um. <laughs> let's move on let's start wrapping things up here let's move on to a little out now presents what's out now these are things that are now coming out on blu-ray dvd or streaming in some capacity i've uh, got a few things here on a physical release this week first up skyscraper oh uh no 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 it's not worth it feel free to give a yay or nay to any of these nay nay i thought it was fine i i actually have seen multiple versions of skyscraper on a technicality because <laughs> this is true <laughs> The streaming version of the 4K doesn't subtitle on Vudu doesn't have subtitles over the Cantonese dialogue. Oh, so I feel like I saw two versions. <laughs> um, eighth grade. Yes. Yay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, good movie. Hotel Transylvania 3 colon summer vacation. I haven't heard of it. Heard it's not that good. I hear those are better than you expect, but I would never know. They're not bad. Brandon made a lot of stink about how much he did not like Hotel Transylvania 3. Fair. Uh, Speaking of hotels, Hotel Artemis. I was a fan of this movie. It's surprisingly a good Jodie Foster performance. I I like that movie. Wanted to see it? Never did. It's a good good genre piece. 
Yeah. Uh, don't worry, he won't get far on foot. This is the Gus Van Sant movie of Joaquin Phoenix. I like this movie quite a bit. I, I think everyone was doing a good job in there. Okay. And uh, Jack Black has like a 10-minute performance that's terrific. He's absolutely spectacular. And it's like Guitar performance or, or acting performance? No, acting. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. The one, the 100, season 5. I think, Maxwell, I've, you I've watch the show, don't you? Things. I do watch the show, yes. It's a really good show. All right. Um, Jean-Luc Godard's Sympathy for the Devil, his Rolling Stones documentary, hits Blu-ray this week. I just found that interesting. So, like, okay. Unfamiliar. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, Luke, Evil Dead is coming out this week on 4K, along with Hook. Oh. Okay. A movie that does not exist. What? I've never heard of it. Speaking it of which, I completely forgot our poll question. And I gotta go back to it now. I gotta, I gotta look it up. Feedback, feedback, feedback. We gotta go back to feed, opening Wait. back the feedback bag. You know the hook 4K includes some never, never before seen deleted scenes. Oh, yeah, again, I, I read the words and I have no idea what this movie is because it just does not <laughs> exist. So, in our poll, it doesn't exist anymore, Luke. In our, in our, uh, no, universe, people have voted it off the island. Ah. Let's get to our poll now. Every week on the podcast, we do have a poll where we put two movies against each other. Uh, we vote for the one to save. If the, the the one that does not get saved gets erased from existence, as we've just established with this movie that you guys are talking about that seems to exist in some capacity, but I don't know about it. Um, this week, we went for an anti-hero edition, and we put Scarface against Taxi Driver. So before we get to what the, <laughs> list, before we put the, what the listeners thought, where would you guys choose between these two? Am I choosing which one stays or which one goes? Which one, which do, one, you, which one do you save? Oh, Taxi Driver, not even a question. I'm on the same page. Yeah, preempting, I actually left a comment on the thing, but I, f- I have heard so many more annoying people quote, say hello to my little friend, than I have you talking to me, so I will save you talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say Taxi Driver pretty easily. Um, and the viewers, or listeners, all felt the same. 75% to Scarface's 25%. There we go. There we go. Okay, so no more Tony Montana. That was feedback, feedback, feedback. Yeah, that was our feed, dip back into feedback. All right. Yeah. Um, also coming out, I, I got to update the thing. Also coming out on, a, on a Blu-ray this week, we have a Constantine colon City of Demons. This is a new animated Constantine movie. Oh, okay. I want to watch that. Um, on Scream Factory this week, we have new releases for Trick or Treat. And, Hell yeah. Uh, that was a fun movie. Yeah, it is. And uh, House on Haunted Hill, the 1999 the remake. Yeah, no, that's not good. Yeah, no, it isn't. It's, Why is Jeffrey Rush in that movie? I'm not a I'm not a fan of it, but it has like this weird following, as if like people like this movie. It's like, when did this is that, happen? Is that the one that starts with the roller coaster? Yes, that's the one that yeah, has that Chris movie's Catan in it. Trash. It has like it Chris Catan saves the day. Chris Catan's in there. Tay Diggs is in that movie, and yeah, Jeffrey Rush plays Vincent Price. Uh, <laughs> that said. Uh, Anna and I watched the original House on Hyde Hill not too long ago. That's just a good movie with Vincent Price. Okay. That's, that's, just a, that's a fun creature. That's a, not creature. That's a fun horror feature. Um, also on Shout Factor this week, The Man in the Iron Mask. Ooh. Leonardo DiCaprio's version? Yeah, that one. Mm, okay. Which, when it came out theatrically, the Lion King trailer debuted in front of it. Ooh. Oh. Tidbit I didn't know. Yeah. Wait, what? Lion the King Lion trailer King trailer. that movie. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. That movie came out in 98. When did Lion King come out? 98, right? Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking... No, 94. Oh, I have no idea. Luke, why are you saying me wrong here, man? I'm going to back you up. Are you thinking Three Musketeers? 
Three Musketeers, yes, I am. Okay. I think make a three movie about a candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you not? This is true. We made a movie Loki about emojis. Why not candy bars? Yeah, that's a cheap. I cannot wait ideas. to, don't, don't to do see it. Twix direct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gus Van Sant presents Twix the movie. If that happens, I'm going to be so mad. It stars Casey and Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Uh, lastly, can't hardly wait. Twentieth reunion edition. Uh, oh, was kind of like that movie. Who is in it? Lots Ethan of people. Reed, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Ah, uh, that Peter one. Okay. Bocinelli, Seth, Seth Green. Green. Man, you guys really know. That's a good. I mean, Donald Faison. <laughs> what? Doctor <laughs> Turk? Yeah. <laughs> Eagle. <laughs> So yeah, that's a movie. Um, all right, uh, new to streaming this week on Netflix, we have a few things. Uh, Private Life. This is the film with uh, what Paul Giamatti and Catherine Hahn. It's a uh, Tamara Jenkins heard, movie. I've heard it's excellent, and I plan to watch it soon. Yeah, I've heard lots of good things, and has good people involved. Uh, let's see, Big Mouth season two. This is the animated series with Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, among many other very funny people. I've uh, seen a few episodes of season one. I like it. Uh, let's see, coming later this week, 22 July, this is the new Paul Greengrass film. Mm, um, it's haven't a, heard of it. It's about, like... a, it's about a shooting that happened in, Nor- in Norway, I believe. Oh, interesting. That's going to be a bummer then. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if it's referencing the new story that I'm aware of, then that's a sad story. True to form for non-born Greengrass films. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly, a horror film called Malevolent, that's on Netflix now as well. Mm, uh, I haven't... It sounds, sounds interesting. I saw this saw the write up on it, and it's okay. ninety minutes. So I'm like, oh, that's easy. Pay. That's easy watch. Yeah. Um, on Prime this week, I just have uh, the Man in the High Castle season three. So if you're a fan of that Is series, it, it's still good. Um, doesn't the Haunting of Hill House start on Netflix this Friday also? Nope, not yet. Really? Uh, <laughs> on Friday, yeah. No, that's that's for next week's podcast, Maxwell. Oh. I, I do these so it doesn't incorporate next week's episodes. Like, <laughs> it's, stuff, it's stuff I could say is now available, not coming soon. Ah, that, that, my that, apologies. That, that defeat the purpose. My apologies. And there's a, yeah. there's a ridiculous amount of things coming to Netflix next week, actually, too. So I'll get to that, that next week. Um, yeah. Speaking of next week, next week on the show, we're going to talk First Man, the new Damien Chazelle film starring Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong. Um, The Bill Clinton story? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's a oh, follow-up to uh, Primary Colors. I just Colors. came back from the alternate timeline where things are better. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of, there's actually a lot of pretty cool releases coming out next week as well. Yeah, we got uh, Bad Times of the El Royale comes mm-hmm. out. Uh, a few other movies spread wide. Smaller uh, ones that you mentioned, Beautiful Boy. Uh, Beautiful Boy comes out. There, yeah, there's there's movies. Uh, yeah. yeah. we got uh, That time of the season. Yep, lots of things are happening. Uh, but the last thing we hear, what should people go and see now and what do you plan to see next? Maxwell Haddad, what should people see in theaters right now? Uh, a Star is Born. What do you see next? Uh, the Hate You Give and or The Old Man and the Gun. You got good, mm. good, good movies ahead of you, that's for sure. Uh, Luke Thompson, what should people see in theaters right now? What should people see in theaters right now? <laughs> um, Venom in 3D. I'll go with that. All right. <laughs> what do you see next? He's contrarian. What do you see next? After hearing everything y'all say, it probably stars born. All right. There you go. Abe? Uh, in terms of like what's playing right now, sure, go see a Star is Born. Or if you uh, have seen that and you want to go watch, I don't know, The Predator for whatever reason, 
I guess so. And next, yeah, first man. Actually, there's actually a lot. I mean, again, I'm trying to catch all three of those releases that are coming out next week. Goosebumps two and first man and bad well, times. I was, thinking, I was thinking more of first man, bad times, and beautiful boy. <laughs> Goosebumps two, maybe if Jack Black makes, uh, if Jack Black is in there, great. He does. He's in there. Is that true? He's. he's I saw. Him, I saw him in a TV spot. So briefly, oh. but it's, it's it's a cameo. He's in that other fake Goosebumps movie. The, I, I like uh, House of the Clock on its walls. I like House of the Clock on its yeah. walls. Yeah, that was pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, I would say go see Free Solo if you can, for sure. That's just oh, yeah. I, wanna, I, w- I would like to see that, yeah. That's a good movie. Okay. The, the Hate You Give is very, very good as well. I, uh, I, the, the book was great, so I, I, I hope the movie's good. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, I thought it was pretty terrific. And, yeah, Star is Born. It's uh, very good as well. And uh, next, I am seeing First Man in IMAX, which I'm excited about. Oh, awesome. nice. Very cool. Good to see those IMAX scenes they shot. Yeah, I'll probably. Oh, I do plan on seeing Fahrenheit 11.9 as well. Oh, yeah, there you at go. some point. New documentary. Before that loses theaters. Um, yeah. So, yeah. With all that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of At Now, Third and Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. All my stuff ends up over there. You can also find me writing over at We Live Entertainment. The Walking Dead started tonight, which means that I'll be recapping The Walking Dead over at We Live Entertainment. You can also find me at Aaron's PS4. Abe. Find more friends up on my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, is that your real nose? And also, listen to my other podcast, Sub640. Maxwell Ed, where can people find more of your work? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Cinemaxwell or on Instagram at Cinemaxwell Inc. All right. And Luke Thompson, where can people find more of you online? Uh, on Instagram, I'm LYTRules. That's L-Y-T-R-U-L-E-S. That's mostly pictures of toys and cats. On Twitter, I'm LYTRules with a Z, L-Y-T-R-U-L-E-Z. And then on Facebook, you can search for Luke Y. Thompson articles and reviews, and there's a whole page which has links to everything from all my various freelance outlets. Very cool. Um, you can find all the episodes of Out Now with Aaron Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, and Spotify. Listen to our old stuff over at HHWLOD, SoundCloud, or Podomatic. Feel free to send us emails and anything we discussed today over at Outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Send us feedback, send us uh, images, send us whatever you want over at facebook.com slash podcast or twitter.com slash underscore podcast. It is, of course, October, which means it's a scary month for Abe, so please be sure to send him plenty of scary clowns and any other scary gifts you can think of at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Please Boo. don't. Send, please, yes. please don't. When he says don't, it means please do. That's what he's saying. <laughs> scary gifts at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, Maxwell, Luke, thank you very much for joining us. Thank tonight. you both for being on. Thank you. It was thank a real you. pleasure. I hope it was worth the wait. No, for sure, for sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to talk about things with you, Luke. Happy to have you on as well, Maxwell. Um, I think we had a good time tonight. I hope the listeners, you guys enjoyed as well. Rate, review on iTunes. But until next week when we talk about just how long it takes to see the flag on the moon, that's going to do it. So until then, so long. And the balcony is closed. Jesus. <laughs> Bye. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need more? Is there something else you're searching for? I'll fall in all the good times I find myself longing for change. And in the bad times I fear myself
that's really the thing is like there's only there's a finite amount of stories to tell it's ultimately about how you choose to tell them so what you're saying is it's actually just 12 keys and it depends on how you sing those 12 keys <laughs> you know what i you know what i was saying <laughs> oh. you nailed it look at you you know i'm down with i'm down with obp yeah you, know you picked up what i was putting down 